Brett Perigo, tonight's second place finisher. Plenty of fans here, Brett, and a solid second place finish. Yeah, I got to shout out the uh, Turn 2 Terror Boards over there. Uh, they're all a bunch of good guys to hang out with, talk to. I, I really like them. Hey, I'm talking here. <laughs> you know who you're talking to? <laughs> my domain! <laughs> On my way to Monday Night Raw! The second one. <laughs> <laughs> Your choice. It's a oh. trap. I feel like it is. Like he's, he's setting up fights in the front stretch. Is what he's trying to Devin Borden with us at Keen Motorsports Shop here with Kyle Keen. Sitting here with Sean Keen. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about racing history. Yep. What's going on, everyone? Jimmy Barr here with Turn Two Terribles. I am with Chris, Chris Lynn, and Jeremy Zarfoss. And we also got another special guest tonight with us, Mr. Brett Strickler, right here. Uh, it is March 20th. Uh, after a very cold weekend here in PA, um, but we got some racing in. We're going to talk a lot about that. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, what happened with the new tire. Um, we're going to just talk about, I think we're going to be talking a lot about weather in general. I think Chris is finally going to fire off about something. <laughs> Maybe a couple things. We're also probably going to talk some NASCAR towards the end. So uh, let us know what you're, what you think uh, as we're talking here during the, in the chat and, uh, Fellas, how's it going? How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good. Hanging in there, man. Fantastic. I'm just happy to be here. Well, let's, uh, Brett, thank you again for joining us. This will be a, a nice to have a, a driver's point of view on some of this stuff, especially uh, as we get into the technical side, because uh, us three, we're pretty dumb when it comes to that. <laughs> I'm no expert <laughs> by any means, but I just get the, I just get the luckily drive a, drive a car, so. <laughs> uh <laughs> bill rocky says brett and jeremy on the same screen i can't handle this well you're gonna have to handle it 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's get into World of Outlaws at Lincoln this weekend. Um, let's talk about the race first that we actually got in before we go into cancellations and stuff. Uh, it was a chilly Saturday, but they got 49 cars in the pits at Lincoln. Um, and very surprised. I didn't even know he was even going to show up. Uh, but Rico Abreu came in 101 to start 2023, came in to Lincoln and, and won. Um, very uh, interesting race. Uh, a lot of uh, the track was pretty slick, it seemed like. Uh, some guys were struggling a lot, uh, but I thought the track was in good shape. Uh, Jeremy, you uh, you had some really good vantage points all night going around getting some awesome shots. Uh, well, what do you think? <clears throat> Um, you know, it was a very typical Lincoln daytime show until it wasn't. Um, you know, it was low humidity. It was daytime. It was cold. It was windy. Um, you know, we had time trials, you know, fast time trials at Lincoln are high 12s, low 13s. And by the end of time trials, they were, you know, mid to high 14 seconds. So uh, not totally unexpected. Um, it's kind of what I saw coming. And we all kind of hoped for a better feature. And we got one. I think we got a better feature than the way the night started, um, yeah. you know, Fred Putney has done a really good job there the last couple of years, in my opinion, as for having, for really not touching the track. Um, I think he had to do some work on Saturday just because of the cards they were dealt with the weather. Um, you know, one thing we can't do is control the weather. So spritzed the top side of one and two a little bit, ran down the cushion three and four, and it really made for a couple of lanes of racing um, that I could tell. Um, but Rico, uh, like I, I think shocked everybody first yeah. day out with the car shows up to Pennsylvania, Lincoln speedway um, runs down Brad sweet passes him and, and walks away. So super impressive. Um, it was a great night. Unfortunately tore up some race cars um, and, and the world of outlaws, you know, I did go back and actually read the rule book after and the outlaw rule book says there can be as many provisionals as they want. <laughs> if you're an outlaw. 31 and cars started that. 31 season. cars started Lincoln Speedway, which, you know, my first thought was, well, I guess they didn't feel like they wrecked enough cars yet. Um, and but it was clean. It was. I couldn't unbelievable. believe it. Unbelievable. Like it was, the first heat race was a little, little rough, but yeah. after that, it kind of cleaned itself up. Yeah. And I think, you know, that was a product of everybody diving for the bottom, everybody diving for every inch they can get in the heats, knowing it's an outlaw race, right? You can't, like Kyle Runhart went 10th to 5th. But yep. if you had a good heat race and you were starting up front and it got going, you kind of got what you got. So, you know, there was a, I think there was a balance there. People knew they had to go, but what do you do? You know, I, I don't know. It was 11 car. Donnie shots had to start 11th in a heat with after his time trial. When do you see that? Yeah. So, you know, it, it was Donnie and show up. It was, it was crazy. Donnie and Lance were battling for last place in their heat race. <laughs> I saw Brock Zierfoss rip the top three wide around them. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> it was yeah. strange. It, it was, was um, it was, you know, those heat races, the track made for some of that, where the way the track changed so much in time trials, if you missed it, like Lance, both, both of his laps missed one and two. Like he missed entry, missed middle, and it killed his exit. And then three and four, it was okay, but he just, he missed it. And, that's all it takes, both laps, you know. So, you know, those guys who could get the time trial lap right, get the car settled, get it down on the bottom, get it to rotate and drive off, we're good. And you noticed a couple of those cars went out late. Like Troy put up a good time. Um, uh, TJ Stutz put up a good time late. You just had to hit your marks. And, you know, a couple of those guys didn't do it. So, Brett, what other observations did you have? 
In terms of the racing itself, I felt yeah. like it was a typical Lincoln Day Show surface. I mean, the sun sets behind three and four, so three and four itself uh, generally gets pretty preserved because of the billboards and everything that cover it up back there. So one and two just kind of kind of bakes. I'm gonna have a visitor here in a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, one and one and two pretty much just like bakes in the sun. So. Um, even on like a typical six o'clock, seven o'clock start time, I mean, you still get the the one and two kind of widens much faster. The one thing that was, uh, at least I thought it was pretty cool, at least Fred's been doing a good job this year, and, and specifically Saturday when it came to the Outlaw Show, is uh, the top's been there. Um, yeah. I, it, but it's it almost looks like it's a bit razor thin. But, I mean, you saw the guys were up there hitting it and they were running it. So, um, you know, and, and, and the one thing I thought was pretty cool was that the uh, – Bottom never really took rubber by the looks of it. It looked like you can kind of float the middle. Like Rico, you know, he wasn't entering in on the top, you know, up against the wall. It was kind of entering two, three lanes down, rolling to the cur- to the exit, kind of the way you got to do it in the eye racing. So, um, now I, th- I don't know. I, I overall I thought it was a good good night. I was a little shocked they had forty nine cars, um, but you know, I unfortunately, I, unlike you guys, I knew Rico was going to be there. <laughs> I had a I had a bit of an in. I knew he was coming. So. Um, uh, he, him winning doesn't surprise me that he's he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really thought throughout the night. Um, I, I I was convinced Brad Stewart was going to win. He just looked the fastest and smoothest out there. And I was standing in one, and I'm like, he is letting off before everybody, and he's still just absolutely gap. He was just walking away from the field in his heat race and and then the dash even. Um, but. Uh, once they got in the traffic, it opened up the door for Rico and even uh, Devin Borden and Freddie was right there too until he got to the back of them. Yeah, I was actually gonna, I was going to bring up Borden. I thought if we're going to pick one guy from the weekend that had an oh. absolutely outstanding weekend, considering all things considered, you know, I think Borden stands out in my mind. Podium absolutely. with the Outlaws, you know, was running with Hefner for a while last year, not putting the greatest results, and he was get he got a win or two, I thought, and mm-hmm. switched to the twenty three. Didn't seem like he was, you know, fully up to speed right away or, or on, you know, on his game right away. And he comes out, you know, this is what the second or third race of the year, probably for them guys. And he puts it on the podium with the outlaws at Lincoln where, you know, he doesn't run. He's not going to run a ton. I assume he's going to run port more often than anything, but I mean, that that's his, his results probably like the biggest one that stands out to me. Yeah. His, his start of the season overall has been, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, even we talked with him at port. It's just his start of the season has been impressive, especially at Lincoln because he struggled there in the past for whatever reason in the Hefner car. And this year he came out and looked pretty good. I mean, he had that flip, but other than that, he's been pretty good there in the few races we had. Yeah. yeah wasn't he, he was wheel to wheel with somebody with that for that though. I thought, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, he, you know, victory lane, he got interviewed, obviously podium and he was, I mean, smiling ear to ear. Like you, you, he, like he was in a kid in, in candy land. I mean, he was so excited and so happy and so thrilled with how that went. And, you know, I know that he probably felt like he had a shot to take the lead at one point and it was close. I mean, they were all right there, you know, it didn't work out that way, but to finish third, I think even when they were lining up at some point, they said his best finish against the outlaws was 15th there last year or 16th there last year or something. So, you know, we saw that speed late last year after they got rolling a couple of weeks in at port and, you know, he, he won a race. Yep. Um, he, he actually, uh, was passing for the lead at port one of his first weeks backed it in fence destroyed it but like they've had consistent speed pretty much from the drop and even at lincoln this year he's had good speed and we talked about the way the start of the season he like he's showing up and 
look, if this, if there was anybody that questioned the kid drives hard, we all know that every, every lap of every race of every corner, but we weren't sure if the consistency would show up or, uh, you know, could he put it all together? And I think it was, you know, there's some, something there we're getting, getting him comfortable because he's comfortable right now and he's fast and he's not just starting up there too. He's passing cars to get there at times. So you know, I didn't even uh, early. He's going to win a lot of races this year. Yeah. I sure. didn't pay attention to his time trial. I actually showed up to Lincoln, um, whatever the, the split was there, the, the issue at the beginning of the flight B there. I don't know. I forget what happened. I, they, I didn't uh, see it. Two cars got together in the pits. Oh, I it's, no, a tr- I think a truck got a or car. Or a truck or something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I showed up. Over Brandon Raymer. Yeah, yeah. I, I showed up during that whole thing, so um, I didn't get to see Flight A or even when Borden time trialed. But it, uh, time trialing, I think, Saturday was pretty much the make or break of your night, which got guys like Donnie and who had to use a provisional, and mm-hmm. I think Sheldon had to use a provisional. and Yeah, Sheldon and, struggled. Lance just straight up left after the heat races. I don't know if you guys knew yeah. that or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he yeah he didn't show up for the C main, and he he, he was restarted fifth. He was restarting in that heat race in a transfer position. He was going to be up there, and then I don't know what happened. Some of those restarts were goofy because I would see guys coming out, and they would be already five spots back by the time they got to turn one. Um, and he was victim of, of that, and he just kind of he. He finished so badly. He was in 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 the C main, so he's probably just loaded it up and said they, they left before the C main. I'm pretty sure because yeah. like I well I know they did because I was standing down there at the shark cars and uh, I had to like double take because you know they switched from their their historic bus trailer deal. What I don't know the name or what it's really called to a blue dually and a and it's a shorter tra- uh, not as tall trailer. And I was like I like double took and I was like wait a minute is that them leaving and you know I didn't paid too much attention to his heat race but what was interesting and some guys made some uh, observations that it had cassie's front wing on the car mm-hmm. and had tail tank. Tail tank on the car we were yeah. kind of wondering if that was cassidy's car that they took to lincoln as not like they have their port car and their williams grove car did they did they take cassidy's car piece together put a lance top wing on it and run it um i i, I I don't know, but it, it definitely had cassidy's front wing on it so yeah. i don't know what yeah. they're you know they pieced together to do it but I mean, if I if you were him, would you run out there front row of the C to to try yeah. to fight through a B? Well, no. right, even then, really he was the tire data. He maybe? was buried in the C, even like I was following. I was not was, I was following a Twitter. It, he was pretty far back. No, he was. I, say, I, say, I thought he was starting yeah, second. Troy moved up. Second. And he didn't show. Yeah, he would have been outside pole of, of the C, but so, after that, then that B main is stacked, right? And he's not going to get a provisional probably because the Lincoln points. So well, what for? Right. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even see who got the Lincoln provisionals, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, yeah, we had remember. 31 cars. We are. We're just going to forget. Well, there was started. two, but it was, it was, was two. two. It was two Lincoln and five or six. Anybody watching? Who five. got the Lincoln provisionals? Man, I can't out. remember who. I don't, I don't even anyway. know. Anyway. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure uh, – the freezing temperatures. <laughs> it was cold, man. Uh, I'm sure that had something to do with Lance leaving early. You know, why go out and risk your shit? I mean, you know, it almost, for... like, if I saw right, they weren't even planning on being at that race, or was that like a late? I think it was because yeah. So they probably just there to shake down the tires and get what they could get, and if it fell right, race it out. If it didn't, mm-hmm. then go home. Yeah, you end up right. in a crash and you start in the top six. You're going to race all night. You know, like that's their gig and they can make, they can absolutely make that decision, you know, for themselves. 
Um, talking a little bit more about the race. I thought Freddie Raymer was really impressive. I felt bad a little bit for him. Uh, <laughs> you know, he ran into the back of Sweet there as they got in the lap traffic, spun around, and then Rico actually ran over his tire to flatten it, and that was it for his night. He looked really – it really, to me, the cream of the crop, the two fastest cars all night, at least from my vantage point, was Freddie and Brad. Obviously, Devin and Rico and a couple other guys, Basito, Gravel, they were all right there, but – they seemed to be the two guys that were going to battle it out. It seemed that way in the feature. Um, and then, you know, that kind of, that, that ended up happening. So kind of, I, I felt bad for him. Um, I think the key thing, like he was on the show here a few weeks ago, he talked about the effort they put in for the outlaw shows. And I mean, it's unfortunate. We didn't get to see. So Brandon Raymer and is one of the provisionals. I think the other one was Moody. I think he may have meant to put I think 99. So. I think it was Moody. I think it was Moody. Um, but like, Fr- Freddie was talking about mm-hmm. effort for qualifying for these time trial shows when the Outlaws are in town. And I mean, at Lincoln, when he's good, that's not surprising. But I think it's got to be a confidence boost that he was running down Brad Sweet and made yeah. a mistake and obviously ended the night. But that's well, huge. I mean, we know he can race. It was time trials. And and he did what right. he had to do in time trials, did his job, got in the dash, and, and was there. I think everybody knows wherever he starts, even even when they struggle in time trials, he can race and he can pass cars and they get it right for the feature. And he talked out here on the show. Like, we, we worked over the, on the offseason on getting our time trial program where it needs to be so we can have a whole night, put it all together. Because, um, I mean, we asked him, hey, some nights you're, you're, you got it all figured out, and other nights you look like you're on another planet. <laughs> the, all they had to do was figure out that part of the night and consistency. And he went out, I don't know what his time trial draw was, but it, it was it was fairly early. And it wasn't like the first car and it wasn't the last car, but he put it up there and he, you know, got the front row of the heat. So, you know, did his job. Very impressive start to the he season was, for him. He was quick, he was time, quick time in the second flight. Quick time flight. Yeah. This, uh, this past weekend's time trials were kind of an exception for the World of Outlaws. I don't know if you guys got a chance to, like, hang around a trailer or anything like that on a time trial night for the Outlaws. So they literally will change a ton of stuff. Um, you know, they'll take beadlock front wheels off because they're adding weight. They'll change their top wings to smaller nose cones so there's less drag and less vacuum. Like... They'll change headers to, you know, to add more horsepower. They'll change fuel nozzles. Dude, there's the, I, I got a chance to, at least with my, you know, being my relationship with Landon over the last couple of years and going to, uh, you know, Eldora and Williams Grove and Lincoln and being around like him and, you know, Logan and Jacob and seeing the stuff they do. The amount of stuff that like those guys, those outlaw guys, they got their programs down to a T. And they know what they're doing. They know how to do it efficiently. It's 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 pretty awesome to see. And the amount of like the amount of like thought that goes into it, and the research and, and the development of it is just absolutely crazy. Just... I've always wondered that when I heard people like Brent went through that early in his career talking about his qualifying package, his time trial package. Raymer talked about it. He talked about guys getting better. And I think we talked to Troy about this and said, "Is it you, or did you have?" You know, a lot of guys just say my time trial package, my qualifying. Like I didn't. I don't think I ever – I mean, I'm sure there were some parts, but that list of shit you just talked about, I had no Never idea. Came up. Yes. Like, it's yeah. Air stacks, I mean, it's it, the list goes on. I mean, when the track blows out, they put uh, they put mag mags in it that are retarded, so they – like, uh-huh. it just slows the motor down and all kinds of – there's a lot of – there's a lot more that goes into it, and I'm not knowledgeable. you probably entirely knowledgeable, but you won't see – a lot of local guys, I think, do that when we get into like speed week shows. I don't, I don't, you don't see a lot of the local guys kind of overboard. Plus, a lot of us are on budgets, so you know we're kind of limited. We don't have every every part at our availability, but yeah, it's a uh, 
time trial is no joke. I had that one chance to do it last year, and you know, I I think I ended up like seventeenth of twenty eight cars or something like that. And I was pretty proud of it for my you know fourth race or whatever it was in four ten. But I'm looking forward to doing that again. The time trial deals, it's no joke. It makes or breaks your night. Yeah, especially with the outlaws because you like with the all stars, you kind of get an invert. You some things kind of shake up. But with the, the outlaws, everything's just so straight up, and uh, you know, especially with forty nine cars, you know, I I thought they they had the non qualifier races, but I guess if that's fifty one or over cars, yeah, there's a break some point. There, but you know, th- that kind of changes things a little bit, but not really. I mean, it's just an extra heat race essentially. Uh, Brett, you were talking about. So let me ask you a question: When talk about time trials. As a newer guy to the four tens, right, and equipment wise, you don't have you know Danny Dietrich and and you know Brent Marks and Anthony Macri uh, amount and level of equipment yet. Would you rather have your fate in a draw or still a time trial where you might be a little bit of a deficit equipment wise on a time trial show? But would you like? How do you feel about that as sort of a new newcomer to those ranks? Uh, so. The way I'm looking at it, at least this year, is I'd rather run a time trial show to start the year. So um, my game plan is to have my 410 out towards the middle end of April um, so I can run two, three shows. And then I want to run the Outlaw show in, at Lincoln. Um, so per, like right now, the way I look at it is I want to go out and I want to run a time trial show because I have a better chance of doing something relatively decent. All right. <laughs> you need to get here, buddy. <laughs> I have a I have a better chance of uh, hold, determining my own fate than going to a draw show and then getting handicapped to the back because I don't have a point average. Got it. So I mean I mean it just depends. I mean like you got I'm not the overly biggest fan of the draw shows and then the handicap shows because you get the same four or five cars starting on the pole of the heat race every week and then they start on the front row of the feature and they do nothing but go backwards. And then you got the same guys like Raymer and, you know, who's your top runners at Lincoln. I mean, the only one at least yeah, – D- well, Danny's when he's there. Yeah. Um, Ray- like, Raymer's just prime example. I mean, that, that guy puts a lot of work and effort into his program. For him to go there and have to start dead last in his heat race every week, somehow make it to qualify, then get kicked back to, like, 12th on the handicap, you know, it's – sometimes it's a bit of a kick in the nuts. Yeah, and I think that's been a lot of the complaint with handicapping from the driver's standpoint – you know, and it, it's it's finding that happy balance between what fans are there to see a show and the drivers are there to win a race. And it's trying to find a happy medium between a little bit of that because the only reason is it exists is so you don't have a Freddie Raymer and a Danny Dietrich on the pole of every event they're in all year long every night because people want to see them pass cars and work for it. So from driver's standpoint, they're out there to, to win and make money for their team and do whatever. That makes a lot of sense. So I, I don't know. You know, I like the idea of what BAPS does with the group time handy or the group timing, right? It's not true time trials. They'll still send you out there in a group of four or five or six, and you're doing your group hot lap slash time trial at the same time, and that's against your heat. It it's, keeps things moving. Um, you know, that track's big enough to get spread out. So maybe Lincoln, you could have an issue there. You know, they used to do time trials in groups of four at Lincoln back in the day. They put four of them, space them out, and go rip two laps. Well, I think they'll still do that. It's just like when you get into like the speed week formatted single car, or if you run the outlaw formatted single car, I think Port actually has a handful of shows where they're group time trials this year. I I have them marked on my schedule. Not that I'm saying I'm going to go to them, but (laughs) I know that I know which shows are time trials, which ones aren't. Good stuff. Um, what I get into the new tire, 
because I think they're uh, I think during the race a little bit maybe with some people I, I saw maybe on social media was like oh they're slipping and sliding around and spinning out because of the new tire and I mean maybe that had a part of it but um, it, I said it going into Saturday um, if the new tire isn't the top story going into the next week it was successful and I feel like that it is here I don't think it is the top story I think the racing overshadows it so um, Brett what did you see with the new tire Funny you say that because I was that was the one thing I made sure to look at uh, over the weekend. Um, I don't know if anybody watched the uh, the Outlaws did a tech video um, the ra- like before the actual race Saturday night with one of uh, Jason Mosey's guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, you know, stiffer sidewalls, tires are symmetrical essentially, so they're non-directional. You can flip them and run them again. Um, one of the things that like I think was pretty pro- like very visible last year is that like the, your tire your tire like let's say I know I'm, I'm a little backwards on the camera here but say like this is the outside of the tire they they kind of had like different circumferences to like it, it, instead of like being a flat tire well apparently they're supposed to be flat tires this year so um and non and non directional so you can flip them run them whatever so the only thing I really took notice to is that I still think running 35 laps like they did Saturday night pretty much cooked up a tire. I was, uh, um, I saw Jacobs and Logan's and they had the crosses burn out of them. Uh, a little bit of block, maybe like, I don't know, an eighth of an inch of a block still. Uh, there is one person I am going to steal their idea from, so I'm not going to say who it was. They, uh, they grooved the tire circumference ways and, uh, horizontal. So by the end of the feature, out of all the cars I went and looked at, um, there was one car that still had like crosses essentially in each block, which I I thought I thought was I've never seen anybody do it that way, but it is like a it's supposed to be a harder, thicker compound. So it's the only guy I saw with crosses at the end. And I thought by the end of the race, looking back, I thought he was uh he definitely looked like he was a little stronger at the end of the race than like a lot of guys were that were fading the tires were going and whatnot. So do you think some of that though is, I, I mean, my brain goes, it's a combination that they might've worn out some tire, but do you think that's part of the deal where they'll learn to set the car up a little different, better, whatever the it is to not only to save some tire and, and have some left at the end and, and have that late run speed. I saw a few cars kind of fading at the end of the feature, probably some tire wear, but is that due to not knowing just the unknown or is that you think that more surface? Yeah, it's a uh, lapse in surface. It's uh, it's uh, I, I think there's a lot of uh, nobody knows what to really do with them at the moment. Like uh, you, you can't. I saw guys that only groove the center three or six blocks or whatever it is and didn't touch the outside. Also, everybody I saw guys that split all the blocks. Um, I saw guys siping. I saw guys that didn't sipe. Um, I, I, I just think there's a lot of unknowns at the moment. I'd love, fortunately, I don't think that was a track that was going to produce much of it, but you didn't see like right. any blistering or any track or any tires, you know, abnormally wearing. There were Hoosier guys there running around looking at tires after the feature. Um, but in terms of like setup, I mean, obviously you guys know I'm buddies with Landon. He was like, I, I don't, I don't notice the difference. It's a, a tire is a tire. Like a car still suck. I mean, granted, you know, 
he may not run 80 races a year like Danny or Brent or Donnie or, or Brad Sweet and, and know a little more, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't personally think there's much of a difference, but I wouldn't know. I'm not in a car. So I'll ask yet. me, ask me again, two, three months from now. So uh, we had a question actually, Justin Foster uh, yeah. chimed in there. What, what did drivers have to say if, uh, about the tires after the A main? And, you know, we talked to a few people. Um, I talked to Brent Marks. Uh, I, know, I know Dakota had a couple of people he was chatting with. Um, you know, uh, Brent actually, it was in a, I think a Fox 43 article uh, talked about after and he said the left rear tires are a little bit softer sidewall and the right rears have a harder sidewall. So he definitely could feel the change. I don't know if it made him, I don't know if it changed anything drastically with what he would do. I don't think it's anything crazy, but he said he definitely could feel it on off throttle, that difference on the left side where in the right side, it was just, he knew it was stiffer. So it was a different feel from, from his vantage point. Um, but listen, it was a competitive race. I mean, even through lap traffic, those guys were still getting after it. They were driving hard. Um, I, you know, I didn't see a dramatic change in the car's attitude, the car, the way they worked. I mean, they could still, they were bottom top, sliding to the cushion, driving off the corner. I mean, we saw plenty of wheel stands all night long. Um, visibly, as a fan, I didn't see a, a damn thing different. And I don't think it's going to be that drastic. This is just a different compound. I think when you get to finding that, that tenth, that half a tenth, that however much it is, that's where you're going to have, you know, Brett and his team and the, the guys that are actually doing the work are going to make those small changes and find things that work well with this and the, the testing and checking. But I think overall, most guys said they've, I think it was split. I said some guys didn't really tell a difference and then some guys could feel some subtle changes, but it wasn't. I did hear the, uh, I did hear, it was third party information, I didn't hear it directly from his mouth, but I did hear that it was like, it felt like the car stood up more on the right rear because of the stiffer sidewall, you didn't go in and just kind of like roll over on the right rear or transfer the right rear as hard as it would, or at least it did with the uh, previous, what are they, H tires, but I I don't know, that was third party and I didn't actually talk to the driver, so. No, that's 100% right, The kind of the evaluation I got, and you know, and I, I asked, I asked Brent this, and I said, so does that, like, do do you think that that'll make guys put just more emphasis on right rear weight to get that feeling. But then what, what does that counteract? Right. What, what comes with that putting even more right rear weight? Cause I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just me, but I've been seeing a trend the last year and a half, two years where guys getting their cars more on the right rear than, than in years past, um, almost like visibly on the right rear tight. Um, does this create more of that? I mean, do you, then you put more weight on the right rear. Does that just offset the tire where they wanted to gain? You know, that Hoosier wanted to get for all of you guys to last more tires, but it's about the win, not the tire saving. I don't think any of you guys, most guys in the pits are going to go, yeah, I'm going to go slower because I can save my right rear. Like you're going <laughs> to find a way to go faster. Right. So that's what racing is. No matter what you're given, you're going to find a way to maximize all of it. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to see kind of more of a, uh, more of it as it progresses. I think, you know, I think, was it, Lincoln maybe goes to like a six o'clock start now for a couple a month and then uh, they yeah. drop to seven. I think, I think it'll be cool to see uh, like the day shift burnout track up. It just naturally is a little harder on tires, you know, moisture is not there. And then come the six, seven, eight o'clock, six, seven start time, you know, the moisture comes back up through the ground. It, the track's a little heavier. I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see it. I mean, I'm, I wasn't, 
in the feature. I wasn't driving the car. I haven't driven a car since last September or whatever it was. So I don't, I couldn't tell you, but I'd be interested to see how the tires last because 35 laps on that new tire. I mean, everybody looked like they were pretty much, they had to get rid of the tire at the end of it. So Curious I don't know the, um, how it reacts to Port Royal and the way Port gets kind of hard and slick across to a curve. I'm, I'm curious what that does at a place like that. A little bit higher speeds, even if it's the speed palace a little slower than, you know, when it slows down and the way the hard surface is and how guys kind of react and change to that. Cause I don't care if it's spring, daytime, nighttime, summertime, they run the track about the same all year round. So mm-hmm. um, not very many heavy shows, but I'm curious to see what Port Royal um, kind of looks like. And then, then Williams Grove too, a little bit with the way the corners are designed and guys get trying to get that right rear stick and get the car to turn at the same time somehow. I don't know how that all works, but um, I, I'm just, I'm really curious. I think it's a fun, as a fan, it's a fun, exciting change to, to witness and see who figures it out. You know, maybe we get some surprises this year. Um, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I see a comment over there from Billy saying that he didn't yeah. see me Saturday night. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, Billy Beatrix said he didn't see it. Sneak, sneaking around <laughs> and just looking at what I could find. That's all. I showed up late too. So, May, this is an R-rated um, podcast, not X. Um, yeah. Keep it to yourself, fella. Jason, thanks for tuning in, buddy. Yeah. Good to see thanks. you. Hopefully, see you at the track soon. Um, um, I did want to one more thing on the tire deal. Rico in Victory Lane said he didn't even know that they were changing compounds until they pulled in, which. Sus. I don't Sus. believe him. Sus. Super. But even if that is, that's pretty, I don't know, that's pretty Dude, the of the winner. <laughs> Does he disappear that far? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean I Napa, Napa Valley probably doesn't have too many Hoosier tires over there, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, for him to not even know and then roll out and just be like, hey, we're good. You know, it's, uh, that's pretty it, it goes to show maybe it did even – I don't know if it evened the playing field a little bit, but um, I don't know. It sounded like with some of the interviews that went throughout the night through like the dash draw and stuff like that was just kind of like, hey, there's minor changes we got to make, but we'll figure it out, and then it'll be like nothing even changed in like yeah, two months. How much of that is like placebo effect? Like there's a new tire, everyone's worried about it, and now they feel everything's like this is definitely the tire. Like, I, I mean, all, yeah. all the drivers are a little crazy, right? I mean <laughs> – right. They like, gotta was, be crazy to get in one of them things. Yeah, <laughs> you're not Confirmed. wrong. Confirmed. Yeah. I, the thing I was most worried about though was the delaminating issues and stuff that they were having last year. If they come with this brand new tire and it starts tearing apart, it's gonna be World War Three, you know. And luckily, knock on wood, after one race, we don't have that. I don't know how long at the Hoosier plant they need to set, but there, the way it sounds is there was plenty of tires, so they've been making these for a while. So maybe they've been able to sit them around for a while and they don't have that issue. Cause I think the story was last year that they were having to like turn them so fast. They weren't doing whatever the chemistry is there. So, I mean, I heard a team bought 15 sets of rears for Jesus. each for the two different cars they run. So a guy runs two like a Friday night, Saturday night car or whatever. And they bought 15 for that car and 15 sets of rears for that each car. So there was plenty of tires. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're limiting what you can buy. I think uh, you're supposed to call down in advance. Um, I'm not too worried about that right now. Like I'm going to run through 58 for a couple of weeks um, and try and burn off what I have. But I'm pretty sure they uh, 
I hope it stays where they have enough that there's not a limited amount. I think you're going to get to the racetracks and they're going to be like, oh, you can only buy one or two, but Hoosier's going to have them. I think it's still going to be a bit of a limited deal. I don't, I don't know. I, I hope we don't run into another issue where we're, we're nitpicking tires and only getting a certain amount for a night. I mean, that's no fun, you know, yeah. but yeah. I, 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 th- I think in the grand scheme of things, we're starting to come back out of this, like, not having enough tires, not having enough parts kind of dilemma. I think we're kind of on the tail end of that. I would like to think so. I'm not the one ordering parts. I just go buy them whenever I need them. But um, I'm hoping in the grand scheme of things, you're going to see racing not have that uh, that kind of effect anymore. Um, before what, before we get into other things, closing thoughts on Lincoln. Um, I thought one thing I noticed before the feature was that they watered the top, and I thought the, uh, the, the feature – uh, track was good. That top really came in and made it really multi-lane, helped them be able to uh, pick some different lanes to get through lap traffic. It made it really exciting. Um, but the, the track all night was great for, you know, going from daytime to nighttime for how cold it was. It was flurrying on my drive home when I left. <laughs> it was flurrying. I'm like, seriously? So um, just just big shout out to Lincoln Speedway for getting it in and the Outlaws for, for working that in there. You know, they could have easily have canceled you know, even with the cold temperatures, even, you know, um, but the track was in great shape and, and uh, a lot of fans in the stands. So that was, that was really good. I mean, Lincoln has had some wins early in the season here for sure. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've always for all the shit I might give them or, or people give them about certain things. That's a track you can always count on making the effort to try to get a race in any time of the year. They will always put the effort forward to get a race in. And honestly, when they cancel, it's probably pretty bad yeah. in, in some form or another, when they say, uh, you know, this isn't going to work. That means you probably can't get fans in or out of the parking lot and the track's frozen. Like that's about it. Like mm-hmm. I, I've sat in thunderstorms, like on the way and like trucks are out there, sunshine and okay, folks, we're going to get this in, you know, and part of that is three eighth miles, not a half mile that's wide and tons of uh, ground to cover there. There's definitely something there, but Lincoln has had, um, you know, between the icebreaker weekend, the way they did Thursday, Sunday, they had fans outlaw race already. They got the outlaw race into the central PA swing. Yeah, the only one they're on the, they're on the winning end of it right now. They have the passion to get races in. So this is what I've been waiting to get into. Cause I know Chris has just been holding back. He hasn't said a word yet. Cause he's he been waiting. Yeah. So, well, so it wasn't at Lincoln. I had nothing to offer. I followed on Twitter. <laughs> I was Fair enough. staples from before all night while you <laughs> having a time of your life down there. I didn't know you weren't coming until I pulled in the parking lot and then he said, oh, I'm not coming. I, I literally like, told you guys that like 40 minutes. You ago. didn't, though. You didn't. You didn't you say, said, I'm not I'm coming. Not... You just said Jimmy, Saturday's tough. You said, Jimmy, you're like, I'm not going Saturday. And I'm like, yeah, Saturdays are tough for me. I was literally piggybacking on your thing and then you just turn around and go. Well, that's because well, because Williams Grove canceled on Friday. Yeah. So let's get into that. The PA outlaw <laughs> swing. The, the that didn't much, exist, really. The much hyped PA swing. The outlaws come to PA in March and we get all of one race in. So Friday night. Friday. Just all Friday. Of let's talk about Friday. Let's talk about Friday. Chris, tell me about Friday. Friday was a splendid day for me. So just disclaimer. <laughs> Chris lives within two miles of the track. It's like five minutes from his oh, from where he lives even, now. Yeah. He's gonna ride his damn bike to the racetrack. Like, right. So for, for reference, the red light outside on Winters Grove Road is my only red light from my the new house to the track. Like I can see it. 
<laughs> so he's close. So he has some insider information here when he's talking about well, at least I have the weather a little. I don't want to say insider it. information, but good if but, I want to um, go to Wayne's Grove on a Friday night and the weather looks iffy, I'll just text Chris. Just, text you just know you're not going. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we've learned here. So yeah. they're we one of talking. the first ones to cancel. So so there's a lot of thoughts that I had, and I don't know. Um, I'm not a track promoter, so we'll start with that. I Wayne's Grove still the best track. Let's keep that going. But I have a couple thoughts here. The weather report did not change all week, right? It All week said it was going to rain from 1 to 3 o'clock, right? Jeremy, you saw that. Correct. 1 to 3 o'clock, it was going to rain, and then it may or may not clear out. 0.04 inches. Right. And then it was going to be 50-something the rest of the day, and then it might rain again at 7. It might. That never changed. Friday comes it does exactly what it says they don't cancel and then with <laughs> um 20 minutes before you can see on the radar the rain's gonna stop they call the race what are you doing like why did you not just call it three days earlier if you're gonna do that i don't, I don't know disagree. i don't disagree I mean, anybody brett you 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 have to tow places sometimes like did you save anybody time by canceling at 230 versus any other time that day? Because most teams are probably already loading their car up at the very least. And fans coming for an outlaw show. Right. right. I mean, it felt like it, it felt the like the ground a lot was of, wet. The ground it, was very wet. Don't get me wrong. It felt like a lack of effort yet again on their part. Um, I think Williams Grove, and we've listen. This has been a subject for as many years as I started going to Williams Grove since uh, you know three, four, five years. I've not been a lifetime Williams Grove guy, so it never really upset me you know, years and years ago when they canceled, because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't going. But in the last few years, they've gotten a, a bad rep about this. Every time they cancel, even if it's warranted, they get kind of crap for it, but they've earned this, right? right? The opposite of Lincoln. The opposite of Lincoln, where Lincoln puts every effort forward and, and, and says, we're going to wait this out and find out and see. People appreciate it. Williams Grove at this point right. has gotten to the point where no matter what they do is going to be wrong. And right. it feels like a lack of effort but or that they even want to do this. It's like two parts. So one, you see the sky clearing up and it, and it hadn't rained. It wasn't, we had more rain at the national open last year. I, I feel like we had more rain at the spring show they, last year. We waited until 1034. They were running the race under harder. We rain had than more rain. On. At all the shows last year, they did wait all day for or do the right thing for. We had more rain than this window that we knew was coming all week, and you do nothing until 20 of 3, and then the sun comes out. So part of it's bad luck. Like, the sun comes out, and it's like, well, damn. But they, the other part, we had the social media post of overnight rain. It did not – it was wet in the morning. It was not soaked here in the morning. Freezing temps, that's not true. I was walking around in not the rain that was happening at 9.30 Friday night. <laughs> I could see the sky. The clouds were breaking. It was 50 degrees on my drive home from the house there. So it was not freezing temps overnight. It was colder when Lincoln started a hot lapse on Saturday. And it's like, don't insult my intelligence. And then you said Johnny Gibson said it rained at 9.30. Yep. Johnny was at Lincoln at 9.30 already. He literally said on Twitter he left Williams Grove and drove to Lincoln to right. watch and the it, And it did rain in south of Williams Grove at 9.30. But they, I, at 9.30, it, I never got wet. The sky, you could see the clouds parting. So, they, that, so that's a chance. I, get, I understand that. But we knew this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, dude, right. if you're going to call it, call it. We were or, talking. 
you hit that point, you have to wait it out. I feel like you have to at least wait to see what happens. We were talking all day about it because I was trying to get out of work early so I could get down there, and it came to about I was like one o'clock. I'm like, hey, look at the radar. It's it's blowing out, man. Like, and and looking at the projected precipitation, it wasn't much. I'm looking outside now. Granted, I'm 70 miles north or whatever. Uh, you know, it, it was like a light mist. Like my car was barely wet. You know, I'm like, I'm in the same rain, man. Like, okay, I get it. It's raining. Uh, so I waited and thankfully I did because then they canceled. And uh, so we knew it. what was going to, like you said, we knew what was going to happen. And you had four hours to track prep from the time it stopped raining. Right. And so, you can't even tell me that it was going to keep fans away because no. there was the comments on Facebook and everything else. Very clearly, everybody was very much <laughs> looking forward to going that that was already yes. planning on going. Yep. And that rain had no impact on that. They were also at work, and the mm-hmm. sun came out, and it dried, and it yeah. would have. That ground. I think that's the kicker. And the other thing the is, the sun came out, the, and it got yard, really warm. Hey, and that's some of that's bad luck, but it's also if you looked at the radar. I'm not a meteorologist, but I looked at it and could see it splitting the whole county, and breaking up behind it, and then the ground in my yard wasn't even soft. Now, some of that's winter stuff, but I mean, the racetrack should be maybe a little more prepared for that. So that was, I was going to kind of play devil's advocate because we talked about the difference between Lincoln's really going to try to get their race in, but Williams Grove seems to be on the side of canceling. Is it track composition? Is it track prep? It's track effort. So I'm also going to be a little devil's advocate for you here. I, I agree that the Grove kind of has a bad rep of canceling and canceling at bad times and whatnot. I'll, I'll give you that, but I think the one thing that uh, a lot of a lot of times gets overlooked because you know everybody compares Lincoln's effort to wanting to race to the Grove canceling early. Like obviously they they consider Lincoln wanted more, but I think part of the issue and this is just me thinking out loud is Fridays or we're still work days for people yeah. and Saturdays are not work days. So you got your guys with race teams and you know, how Lincoln gets 40 some cars. Let's be realistic. The Grove was not going to get 40 some cars for a spring outlaw show. I'd assume probably thirties, probably thirties would be my guess. Yeah. 30 at top. Um, and, and to, to, you just kind of run out of hours in the day when you're working on a Friday and, you know, guys get off at three, four o'clock, sometimes getting off early just solely for the purpose of racing. Well, also, you know, fans and whatnot don't get off till four or four thirty five sometimes. So I think the, the Grove just kind of runs out of hours. And then I think also, you know, if the Grove, like naturally being on a work day, they start at seven thirty, you know, every Friday. If they start getting rained on or they have to push start times back or have to work the track in, we're looking at midnight. You know, midnight, one o'clock on a Friday night, you know, guys just working. And I, it just, I think the Grove, yeah, I think they cancel early, but like in the grand scheme of things, like they already start super late. So if they get pushed, they got to end the super late. And the time for guys to get working and everything, it kind of just sucks. And yeah, I understand. I but in, in this specific example, it didn't change. It could have done this on Wednesday, called it. Oh, I'm not saying I don't disagree. Right. I don't think it really. Overall, rained. I agree. Overall, I agree with you. Like, they're in a tight spot. You can't go much past 11 on a Friday, especially with the curfew in Monroe and things like that. You don't have all night. I get I that. Think, uh, I think, I don't know where I was going to go with that, but uh, I, I don't know. I think it, it didn't really rain, I thought, in York, but I'm also not Mechanicsburg, so I don't know what it was like up there, like you would know being so close. It was definitely but... a steady rain, but it, I don't know. I think it's the timing. The, the, 
perception of it, how it all, like, you called the stuff, the word came down 20 minutes before three as the rain stops and then the sun comes out, oh. just like it always does for Williams Grove. I think that's the one good thing Port does. I mean, not to, to throw in another Saturday track, but Port's usually pretty good about that right. whole thing. They'll mm-hmm. cancel two, three days in advance. Right. You know? I would rather you do that and be wrong, I guess, than go until Friday at three o'clock have nothing change it's like a, it's like summertime mm-hmm. when a thunderstorm blows in like that day it did to you jimmy mm-hmm. it was nothing changed everything that happened was exactly what they said was going to happen I, I, and then I, you call it i i said that i'm like because i went to the all-star race whatever a year or two ago and they waited till i pulled in the parking lot to cancel i'm like damn it i wanted them to do it again on friday i'm like at least let me pull into the parking lot. right and even that day, it rained there. for 10 minutes and the sun came out and that was a drenching rain so that's different 6 30 rain versus 1 30 rain but yeah. I mean, they. Either way, they're going to get eviscerated. At some man. point, do the sponsors do they care about rainouts? Like, I don't know how that works. I'm not familiar with that side of business. Um, I guess they the still get, it's probably in their right. mind. Maybe you ought to get a hold of one of the promoters over there and put them on the show. There I you go. It, I think it's Justin Justin Lohi, I think, right? Uh, yeah, and um, yeah. there's another one. Just he was on Wing Nation the other day. Um, Liam Liam Tenz, Tenza. Is that his get, name? Get him or those two or one of them and get a Saturday promoter and maybe make oh, yeah. them debate it on live here. Oh, Justin, oh, have great. him come back and see. There what, you go. Because he talked about the event. And this is a Big kind player. of event, though, where they were, they're not saving money by canceling. So that's a dumb argument, I feel like, because they're are, losing. Are they not? I, don't, I mean, not, I don't, you'd have to ask. They're not money. They're not, they're not gaining it. Right. It's There's probably show. some insurance thing involved, I would, right. I would imagine, too. You so got to pay, pay the workers at the track, too. But for an outlaw show, up. I mean, I get, I, I get it. You, you, you know. pay, you pay all these people to come in to start concessions, gates, track prep, and then all of a sudden you're not going to get anything in. You're not going to get anybody. That pizza's five dollars a slice. You're making that back. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't even get fans in the gate, then you know, say, I mean, say you get, get fans it. in, I and you got to give them a rain check now, a, a thirty-five dollar rain check. It, you know they're they're losing money probably if they don't even get past hot laps. You know, or I get it. maybe the uh, the two promoters are the ones you need to have that chat with. Now you guys are big Williams Grove guy. I think Jeremy goes pretty much wherever, but I know you two are big Williams Grove guys. There's a conversation to be had there. For I'm sure. a big Williams Grove guy. Yeah, I'm a Williams Grove. Still the best track. He's he's guys. <laughs> he's the Williams Grove guy. So let's talk about a racetrack that got a race in. <clears throat> Jesus. Um. Seals Grove. They had yeah. their, their icebreaker. Um, they got their race in. Um, first race with the new promotional team. Um, I do believe we have booked Ethan Stutz for next week. Uh, he's going to come on and chat with us. I talked with him a little bit today. We wanted to have him on earlier in the season, and they weren't quite ready yet. So, um, you know, it looks like they they had some modifieds up there, I believe, and which was a, a weird deal, them. by the way. They split the modifieds. At Baps had some, and Seals Grove had some, <laughs> and they had fifteen of them at Baps, and I don't know how many were at Seals Grove. Um, but that just seems odd to me to compete this early in the season at two tracks. But that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, shout out to those to to the new team up there, um, uh, Ethan Stutz and uh, Stephanie. Right, yeah. whole, whole Stutz family, pretty much, right? Whole Stutz family and and their team got the race in, and uh, I know they were super excited to get going there, and because um, I think their practice had been canceled, two yeah. of them. Friday, they were going to have a have a, a test and tune. Uh, a lot of those modified guys were going to be there, plus any other divisions that run there. So you might have seen some sprint car guys 
go there, some late models. Um, but they canceled uh, even earlier to Williams Grove. But I mean, for a test and tune, that's pretty right. understandable. Correct. It makes sense, right? That yeah. actually I completely understand a test and tune getting right. called early. Yeah, yeah. especially with a new promotional team, you know that you know yeah, they don't. You're not wanna... making. You're not really making money on a on a test and tune day. Right. So right, right. I'm sure they would have liked to have you know the flagman up there. You know, kind of. Go through the motions a little bit as a as a track team as as a, t- a little bit because if they've never done that as a group and kind of get in the right place, but it sounds like it went off pretty well there. And I think they're gonna have some pretty good shows coming up pretty quick, right? They have some uh, some sprint car shows here in the spring, I believe. Yeah, right? they have um, they have the lone. I think besides Port, they have an All Star show. Lincoln doesn't have one, and I don't think the Grove has an All Star show. No, right? all Grove has an All Star. Do they? They have only one though this year. It's uh, uh, it's has, in April. It's none. at... I, I know Lincoln doesn't, but I, I yeah. don't know if the Grove does. I just didn't pay attention. Is it the Hendershits again? It's in April. Yeah, it's, I'm, I only know that because I just did the posse schedule and it's supposed to be an all star show. So uh, it's going to rain anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or it won't, they'll still cancel. <laughs> um, but yeah, ninety four percent chance of rain Friday right now. Just in case you wanted to know, that's all right. Yeah. If you're the one you should care about is look at Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. looks like a beautiful day. Sunday Locked looks like in. the best of the weekend. Actually, Wednesday looks good now too. By the way, um, I won't be there, so it can be as great well, as it wants. I can't go, unfortunately. Well, anyway, <laughs> well, I mean, I could go, but I probably won't have. I probably won't be ready to go. How- Bruh. It's because all he's right. here tonight, so he can't get ready. All it's, right. all our, it's all of our fault. It's Sunday. Sunday will be my shakedown day, basically. I may have so sent a meme in our uh, group chat today about uh, 358 guys now scrambling, and they had all winter and spring. <laughs> now they're scrambling to get ready for the weekend. Um, Can you imagine that race up to Wednesday? Holy cow. Uh, this Wednesday is bat practice, and it sounds like, from what I'm gathering, there could be 20, 25, 358s there. Um, they race there Sunday. Their 358s have not been on the racetrack yet. Usually Lincoln, I think the first or second race, I think the second race is usually an open practice at Lincoln. They didn't have it this year. Um, They have an open practice after the race at Lincoln usually. They did not have that this year. Um, So BAPS practice on Wednesday looks like it's going to be 60 degrees and cloudy. I'm going to go because most of the 358 division is going to be there, it sounds like, um, and to get ready for Sunday. So Sunday, um, one of my favorite show lineups anywhere uh baps has 410s and 358s that combination is as good as it gets for me cannot wait weather looks good cross our fingers super excited to get out there um Ryan, Ryan, sounds I, too positive i hope that's a wednesday referral because i think you're i think you're gonna see a full field on sunday yeah i think you're a little light on both for sure um i, I mean I, I don't know maybe I, I could be wrong but there's just so many guys that said yeah wednesday we're trying to get out wednesday 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 and if that's a small sample size, I didn't talk to the other half of the guys that could be there. So I just feel like it's going to be busy. Uh, I think for maybe even four tens too, you might have a handful, 10, 12, four tens out there um, yeah, yeah. just to get some laps, right? If you have enough tires, there has been enough. They want to get out and make some laps at BAPS. Um, you know, I think you're going to have, I think they're going to have their hands full Wednesday with a lot of cars. Um, also, also with the way the weather's looking, I think Friday, Saturday are easy yeah. washouts, especially with Thursday too. It's it's basically Thursday through yeah. Saturdays. Basically, I don't know. Why don't you ask oh. Chris? He lives the closest. Are they gonna, <laughs> are they gonna they're gonna cancel two days ahead, well, or are they gonna make no. you go there? I, well, I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna be there anyway. Apparently, my daughter says I'm going to a dance on Friday, so her and I are going to a dance. So oh, which, okay, whatever they want. So you're but, not gonna have your feelings hurt at all. I will have to finish up they race. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. Um, the odds are not. Yeah, it looks like 91 chance for Lincoln rain for Lincoln on Saturday. 
Yeah. Um, so either you're going to race until two in the morning or they will also probably they, cancel. They do anyway. That's true. So, but, but I, I, I think with if, if they all rain out, you're going to see a ton of cars at BAPS. Yeah, I think you're going to see a ton of 410s, absolutely. I think 358s are just simply like, you know, no, they haven't ran yet. So I, think, I just think you're going to see a bunch. That's yeah. awesome for BAPS. I mean, they kind of got a short straw last year with weather. All their shows got rained out, so it's cool. Hopefully the weather doesn't screw them again in the next four days. Um, plus that new points fund. Twenty thousand dollar points fun, right? For the winner. Pretty cool for them. Um, making big moves. So I hope a lot of teams go out and support that. I, I'm definitely gonna be there Sunday unless it rains. Cool. If it rains, it's I might cool. be there and watch it rain Sunday. I've done that before. At yeah, don't we can't be cursing the yeah. R word on every yeah. single possible race day this yeah. weekend. Yeah. I can yeah. live with I can live with on one Sunday, for three. I own it. I'll I can live for one for three and it's the one I want to go race, so I can live with it. Right, look, sunny, got like almost 0% chance of rain, 58 degrees. The only reservation I have is if it's going to be a washout for three days, it's going to be Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only bad part. But It'll be fine. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned. They're, they're going to race. That that place will – if they can get the track ran in, they're going to race somehow or another because the way last year went for them. So, mm-hmm. If it doesn't race on race day, they're going to do everything they possibly can. I think with Friday and Saturday both rain, I think BAPS definitely makes a pretty penny on Sunday if they can get a show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What time sure. what time is that show? Four. Four o'clock. Four PM yeah. racing, grandstands open at two, pits open at one. I'll be there. Jeremy, I'll my, see you at eleven thirty. My I'm car right, will be loaded dude. up the night before. That's <laughs> <true. Yeah. laughs> I'm no, ready. Listen, three day weekend. It's our first three day planned three day weekend here. Um, in central PA again, talking about weather, unfortunately it is March, but you can have weather any month of the year, by the way, uh, turns out it does, it weathers 12 months a year. Um, but first three day weekend would be cool to get all those in. I would love to end up watching four different events this week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but listen, I'll take one out of four if I have to, or two out of four, maybe listen, I might, and, and BAPS for I'll take this one. Uh, I'll take one. I'll take a win, and it's twenty minutes from my house. I don't have to go an hour to all the all the other places are an hour or more. I'll take twenty minute drives. I'm I don't in. know how far Babs is from the new house. It can't be that far, right? No, you're halfway between. It's probably thirty <laughs> minutes at the most. Lincoln's thirty minutes now, so I save some time. Just jump there. on eighty three, run down the Newberry exit, and you're good to um, go. Well, yeah, that's where Brielle's house is, so it's really close already. But oh, anyway, um, easy. Wednesday is that free admission or cheap admission to green stand, green stands green. are free. Pits are twenty. I think pits are twenty bucks. Well, if I, I show like up that. Wednesday, I'll have the child along. But she's never yeah. been to Babs. Uh, PA Posse four ten sprint car page here said, "Don't forget the invasion at Bridgeport Speedway next weekend, Sunday, April 2nd. Shout out Alex Robinson as well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, kind of what I wanted to get into a little bit before we, you know, kind of switch gears is we just talked about Sealand's Group. We're talking about Babs. We're talking about Bridgeport a little bit. We got. A lot of tracks really, I don't want to say healthy, but coming around, you know, to where it's it's uh, it's good to see multiple tracks given multiple options uh, and, and all thriving. You know, I, I, I shouldn't say thriving, but because I don't know their financials, but we're very we're very fortunate. we're very lucky is my point <laughs> to have so many different options around the yeah. area. Yeah, I mean, name another place where you got where you could draw like a diameter and have as many racetracks as we do within like an hour, 
mm-hmm. know, if you were smack dab in the center of Harrisburg, you can get to Port in less than an hour, you can get to Lincoln in less than an hour, <laughs> you know, go go east or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, go east and you'll end up at, you know, Bridgeport not a couple couple hours away. Grandview, and, I mean not that it's Grandview. Like that, but, Clinton know, County's got a four ten show this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they have two actually. It is. We're like we're super lucky. Obviously, we're fans. We're sitting here talking about it, and we're fans, so it's easy for us. But it's easy also like complain about these things because I I traveled to the Midwest or last week, and somebody was like, "What what are those things? What are those cars? <laughs> you know, like it's it's a it's they don't even know. Like is that did you that are everywhere? You know, like I'm like yeah, you have a track like 20 minutes from here. They're like really, yeah, it's an outlaw race track. It's near Kansas Speedway. Like. Yeah, they've raced, you know, you know, sprint cars there. So we're very lucky, very fortunate. And, you know, and we have some friends, um, one of our buddies on iRacing lives in Minnesota and they might not race till June. So they're buried under snow, you know. So um, New York, even uh, our buddy Adam Buchanan, they got a bunch of snow up in upstate New York, Syracuse. He's Brewerton, uh, that area. They got a ton of snow. So who knows when they're going to race? You know, Attica was canceled last weekend. Um, they didn't even try to start till the end of March and they got rained out or snowed out or iced out or whatever it was. High limit also canceled already for, it was supposed to be scheduled for tomorrow night. They canceled a week early because that whole state's pretty much underwater. They could have canceled um, that in November the way the winter yeah, went out there, but getting some pretty good rain out there, aren't they? Um, a little bit of everything all winter. So like, with that though, it, it went, I saw a lot of Twitter people giving shit to the outlaws for coming to PA to, in the spring. Let's go to PA in March. And meanwhile, California is soaked. Texas, the Devil's Bowl was getting yeah. destroyed. So like, you had no choice, and it I mean, saved them a ton of money. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's fan. it's either you go west and you get rained on, or you come out east and you possibly take a chance on it being cold. Right. Yeah, it's still March here in PA, and it could be sixty degrees one day, twenty degrees the next. But you take, you, in my mind, I think you have a better shot out here, and the majority of teams, um, I think, are based like Midwest East, right. And besides, like, Roth Motorsports, I think they're from Cali. Um, you know, a lot of guys have, like, uh, uh, programs based in, like, Indianapolis, in the Indy area or whatever. So, like, you know, those big-time guys, I'll use Rico as an example. He's probably got a West Coast car, and he's got a, he's got a Midwest car to come east. So yeah. it makes, I think, maybe a little more sense for the teams to just stay east. A, a little you know, more, a I lot more. A ton yeah. more. Between the hotel stays, no racing, and the diesel bill to get out there. Oh, I don't know the there. financials, but I'm sure with the oh, with the well, five dollars a gallon for diesel, I'm sure oh, it's probably like uh, Brent. Up there. Brent got into it a little bit a few weeks ago about just the reason why he didn't all but sign back up on the tour was that hotel costs and everything just to go out there and sit oh, and wait for see, weeks. I didn't know that. Right. Like, he, he was he all about it with those new things between the travel. And not getting anything out of it and potentially any, you know, California being California and doing whatever they do as a state was an issue for him going, I don't, I don't, it's worth me not signing up for the tour, you know, and then the outlaws think about it. If, if other than Friday night, there's been advanced notice of cancellation, the port the weekend before, because it was, it was, it was bad, legit yeah. it was snowing and, yeah. and freezing. Yeah. Those teams that are based out of Charlotte. Stayed in Charlotte. They didn't yep. spend a penny. Yeah, they didn't make anything, but they certainly didn't spend 3,000 miles worth of fuel to, to sit on the West Coast with their whole team in hotels for two weeks or across the South. And even the Texas swing, when they were still did the California swing, they'd leave Florida and go to Louisiana, Texas, Arizona, and that rained out. They got one race in, that whole Southern swing, and then went to the West Coast and got rained out. Yeah, as I say, the follow-up to that is, is I, don't, I don't pay the over 
overly big attention to the outlaw schedule, but if they were out west, where would they end up like this week? They would have been in Texas. Uh, Do they come back to Texas? No, they would have already been to Cal. They would have already been to Texas by now. And then I think. They would have went been... to Texas before they got to Cali. They probably right. would be getting to Cali this week. They would be like Merced or whatever it is out yeah, there. Merced, I know I had the schedule saved somewhere. I just don't know where. Yeah, I don't remember because Devil's Bowl used to be right around there this, this time, mm-hmm. and that rained last weekend too. So really, it's just I agree. I think it's a gamble, but it's a cheap gamble. I think they would have. Got, yeah. Look at Lincoln's crowd. He got the race in, yeah, and it worked. They so, they had one race out of the four, right. and I bet you that made it more worth than anything that they would have did out in California. Well, and other people would say, "Why don't they find other tracks in the south?" Because other tracks in the south, even if the outlaws showed up, may not draw fans. Yeah, they won't right. draw fans. They won't have. All. They won't have car count. That's they right. They're busy having late guys cars. fighting each other every week yeah. down there. Those tracks would rather have seems... super late models at at Volunteer Speedway in Tennessee than a yeah. sprint car race. So. They the seem to have a hard time getting races in as well in the spring. I mean, it's just correct. wet everywhere you go. Right. Like even like the All Stars kids with Sonoya or whatever. Every time they try to go to Georgia on the way back from Florida, they get rained down. Yep. Did this year on the way down. Do you find it, Brett? Yeah, I got it here. They're uh, at Lincoln. Obviously, yes, this past weekend they go to Alabama and yeah, Missouri Friday, Saturday, and then Texas to Missouri to. To Kansas, back to Missouri to I fifty five. They stay like in the Midwest, so they really, they definitely cut the travel in half. So, and then it looks like the generally will stay in the uh, Indiana Illinois area up until the beginning of May, where they go to Eldora for the Let's Race uh, two right. day show. They start coming back, back in PA. Yeah, and then they come back east for the Summer Nationals, and then they're back out to Ohio, um, Ohio to Indy to. River Cities, North Dakota, up there where old Donnie, Donnie's from. And there, you're by then you're at the end of May. Oh, that's June too. You mentioned Minnesota early earlier. At the beginning of yep. June, you know, hopefully that's when it's ideal to race in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, it could be a hundred by then. Yeah, <laughs> Minnesota, so. the Midwest. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't look like they venture too far out of the Midwest until they go to California late in the year. They always uh, win the World Cup, Cup. or North. Cup, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, North Dakota looked like in June 2nd is North Dakota River Cities. And then they're kind of in the Midwest, South Dakota for Houston's for that big 250 grand to win race or whatever it is. And then kind of stay there and come back east. And then yeah, but you, after the up. yeah, then they swing west and then they go out to Washington for Skagit and Silver silver Dollar for the Gold Cup, I would imagine. And then Keller and Placerville. And then they're all the way back here to pretty much finish out the rest of the year on the East Coast. So, kind of cut out that west swing. I'm sure it probably helps, but they still have a west swing. Well, yeah, they still have it. They used to always have two. They had one early season for the weather, come all the way back, do their thing, go back out for Gold Cup, do that, which is fine. But they left that swing in, but they just took out the spring swing because they never – for year after year, it felt like they never got the damn races in, and they just sat out there and did nothing for weeks. Yeah. And shitty weather where they could do that at home. Right. Yeah, you know, this is a tricky time of year. It could be like we were saying, it could be seventy degrees, it could be twenty, and if it's seventy, man, and you're you're gonna you're gonna hit a home run. You know, yeah, I mean, look, look at Lincoln. How- it, that was a that was almost a home run, and it was only it was, windy. It was like thirty eight degrees. Look at how close it was. If Thursday here was what fifty five, sixty degrees yeah. and sunny, we missed it by one day to have the Grove almost 
get a perfect night on Friday. Grove would have been packed too. Honestly, we would have had a good big. I mean, it's early in the season, so I mean, you know, Grove weather, had a perfect night. They just threw it away, but it's fine. Yeah, I went out to dinner. Didn't <laughs> like it. it was great. All right, what do we got here? What's next? Um, not to venture into stuff that I am not knowledgeable about. If, if you're ready for bed, if the, if little Breddy is ready for bed, he can exit unless you want to hang out and listen to us bitch about NASCAR for a minute. Well, you're going to start talking asphalt and I don't really care a ton about asphalt. Hey, how did so, you do last night in late model race? I didn't make, uh, you, well, yeah, you, you kind of, you and I, I are got, pretty much in the same boat. I ended up getting two EOLs and nice. I got parked. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't qualify. I qualified bad because I hit the wall in the first. This is iRacing, by the way. Late model street stock or late model stocks. Uh, the new one on iRacing, uh, we did sort of heat races, top eight make it. I started ninth in my heat, was in a transfer spot. Uh, Jaden spun me out, went to the back, came back up through, got to the ninth on the last lap. And I, like, I took me a while to get around the guy. I was better than him, but I didn't want to spin him out. Got by him, ran down the guy in front of me, and just kind of threw it in there and spun myself out, coming to the checkers. I was going to have to move him to win it or to get into the transfer spot, but it was hey, that, exit. not worth it. I, uh, no. I just goofed. I, uh, I was, I ran fourth in the heat race and ended up running. I was running like 11th in the feature, uh, the first twin 20. And there was a, the first one was pretty much on me. I kind of just got in the corner a little too hot, got in the back of the guy. And then the second one was on a restart. Um, the guy in front of me didn't get a big of as good of a, a jump. Um, and he left two, three car lanes to the guy in front of him. So I was like, I could see it. And I thought he was going to drive in a little deeper and he didn't. And I got in the back of him, spun him out. And I owned it though. It is what it is. It's just I racing. And it's <laughs> tiny little track with big cars. Hey, you got a fan. Revenge. I guess, uh, well, maybe before we get in the asphalt, before Brett, leaves do we want to do drink it dump it real quick for dirt oh drink it or dump it for dirt i mean yeah, right. you know this segment yeah um can't wait till so, Brett's back so jamie can ask him this question <laughs> so uh drink it uh Normally you know cheers so, something you want to commend from the, from the weekend could be a driver could be a track could be whatever and dump it something that you're either sad or angry about from the weekend or or uh somebody that had a poor run or whatever so um who wants to go first me I'm done. Drink okay. it. Billy Dietrich making the show. That's awesome. Hey. Dump it. Enough. We already know. Williams Grove. Williams Grove. Suck. Still my favorite, though. <laughs> uh, Brett? Oh, God. Come back to me. Let me think about this one. All right, um, Casey. A lot happened this weekend. It was a, it was a good, successful night Saturday. So let me think about it. Uh, mine would be uh, Devin Borden. Yeah. Shout out to good, keeping the runs rolling. Uh, my dump it would be Ryan Timms. Um, you know, his debut at Lincoln uh, took a took a heck of a ride, unfortunately, you know, in the heat. And it was uh, very much a product of, you know, I watched him in his time trial lap and I was standing in turn one for time trials. And he drove the car straighter and harder than anybody else and almost hit the wall in turn one and two on both of his time trial laps. So that was definitely, to me, an inexperienced driver showing up to a track that was difficult. Um, so made it through his time trial, kind of got buried in the back and then. You know, he drove it into turn one in the middle of, a, of two cars trying to fight for space that wasn't there. And he went for a heck of a ride. I think they uh, got the wind knocked out of him. He was, he was a little banged up, but he'll be okay. But uh, it's a lot of travel to show up and, and uh, kind of be done after your heat and 
basically the first lap. So Ryan Tim's hopefully he's all right. We'll see him back again. Um, what a, uh, I was going to say Devin. Devin's definitely one to drink it to. Uh, I'm going to drink it to not an outlaw winning. <laughs> Even though it wasn't a posse guy, I'm cool with an outlaw guy not winning, especially when it's Brad Sweet getting passed. True outlaw. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, dump it. Um, I'll go Freddy, like uh, Smeelan here said. Um, mm, I, I'll dump it to Freddy because he was, I think he was going to really mix it up and have something for, he might have been, he might have won that race, but uh, just kind of stepped on it there a little bit. Ah, oh, man, I got a good, I got a good drink it one. I got a really a dump it one. I don't have any complaints other than, you know, I don't really have much of a, yeah, a big complaint. My drink it is basically I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Landon for getting in the show. Um, Landon yeah. time trialed well. I think he was seventh yeah. in the first flight. You know, uh, ended up running fourth in his heat. Ended up started fourth, was up to third in his heat race. It was actually looking like before that became a wreck fest. He looked like he could have possibly given Macedo a shot for second and snuck into a dash, which would have been absolutely my. It would have been awesome. Yeah. I would have been thrilled. Yeah. Fell back to fifth, still got in the show. So um, had a mechanical issue, but that's you know that's here nor there. Uh, I don't really have a, a dump it. I'd I'd probably say just not really like a. I, I want to piggyback the Freddie as well. I mean, I watched the video. I didn't know exactly what happened on track that day. Um, it looked just looked like Sweet checked up to go to the bottom and try and get past lap card, and Freddie was not fully prepared. Backed off and just didn't back off enough. So um, it would have been nice. Would have been would have been nice to see Freddie kind of do better. Not. I, I just think it, yeah it would have been nice to see him get a result i think it's been a while since you know an outlaw guy's got a pretty good result at lincoln i mean everybody loved jacob allen's win last year but um i forget who the last guy was that actually got a, a win there like that was it uh, Bre- was it brent probably no, no it's brad sweet uh, because brad danny sweet. spun out in front of brent marks yeah. and screwed him when brent ran him down before that <laughs> gravel I think Danny won it a bunch of times before that. Danny won the first two times that they came back. He did win it one year. He beat shots off of two. Yeah, but it's it's been a couple of years. I just the yeah. dump it is that a posse guy hasn't won an outlaw show at Lincoln. I can't for yeah. for a year or two that I can't remember. So yeah, yeah. I think Freddie was the last one. I think Freddie would have. I think Freddie had it's a shot to win last four night. Four years. They yeah. sell Twitter, Wikipedia, whatever says four years and nine months since Freddie won an outlaw show. He had been in the top five had he won on. For longest gap from first to second, something like that. Lance might have won around there too. And I and I was gonna do one more set of drink it, dump it, drink it to Hoosier for not having tires fall apart and doing the bare minimum. But oh, it sounded okay. like it sounded like the tire was pretty decent. We We're getting um, stats over here on the right. Yeah, is that Smeal <laughs> with the nineteen? Yeah. All right, and then Sheldon in twenty twenty. I remember Sheldon's win. Yeah. I forget um, who was twenty one. Twenty two is obviously Jacob. Yeah, Sweet was in 21. That was the one Brent rammed down. And when Danny, Danny screwed him, Danny screwed him as a lap uh, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny didn't know he screwed him, but it's, it's fine. So uh, we're looking at what, three years? Because yeah. Danny put a slider as a lap car oh. on another lap car. Moron. With the leader in front of him. We got yeah. one more shot this year. Yeah, too. we got a shot in May. Hmm. Um, so, uh, and dump it, to, <laughs> <laughs> dump it to Lance for having a Freddy? shitty night. Was, was 21, 21 was not Freddie. And also. I drink it and I dump it to Sheldon. You could see it either way. You know what? I'm going to the page for the stats now. You I definitely was not Freddie. If Lance was – Sheldon was 2020. 20. Uh, 21 was sweet, yeah. yeah. It was Jacob, 22, was sweet, 21, Sheldon, 2020. 20. Lance won in 19. Freddie won – there was two in 19? 
Yeah, we had July race in 19. We had a man. Fred, Freddie and Lance both won 19. There you go. There you go. There's the confusion. Yep. They had two shows for a couple of years, and then they stopped that again. I don't understand it, but. I remember being like the freshman in high school that first year. They came back to Lincoln in like 20 years or whatever it was. And that it looks like was nuts. 98 to 2012, and I remember that. I was I was like dedicated to running. Who won the be first there that day? Back. 2012? Shots. That was Danny Dietrich. Danny went oh. 2020, or 2012, 2013, Stevie Smith 2014, Hodnet 15, Shots 16, Gravel 17, and then Raymer DeWeese in 19. I guess so the 2018 overall, got rained out. Been pretty good. We've done all right there. I remember yeah. the Gravel and Shots when that hurt. They hurt my heart. I mean, I remember the sweet one, but Brent had him covered, man. That's yeah, even after – but they didn't throw a caution for Brent or for whoever no, spun right. No, because it was like with two to go, they didn't throw a caution. Brent fell back like a half straightaway and, and ran still down. Damn near won and it. still almost won the thing coming through three and four. He was so fast at the end of that race. He was doing that diamond thing in three and four, like on the. He was off the bottom early, but he was doing like a diamond. You know how guys would go up to the wall mm -hmm. and then just cut down, just ripping that night. That was that was a fun night to watch. But posse on posse cry, man. <laughs> it was not a good night. It was definitely not a good night to be wearing a Danny Dietrich hoodie in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Same. But anyway, what do we got next? We're going to talk about some NASCAR. You're going to take a quick break, come back, talk a little good. NASCAR. Uh, I actually had a request at Lincoln Speedway for some NASCAR chat. So oh, cool. we're going to we're gonna have a yeah. little bit tonight. We'll ta talk a little uh, nap car and uh, see if anything exciting happened this weekend. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what do you think? It uh, looked like there was some excitement this weekend. You can't park there, Josh Williams. <laughs> we will talk about that. We'll be right back here in a few minutes.
All right, and we're back. Thanks again to Brett. That was awesome having him on. Uh, always good getting his opinion and uh, some of his inside knowledge there and um, recap a good weekend there. We're going to get into some NASCAR here uh, at, I guess, is it Atlanta Super Speedway? Is it is it really called that now? I don't like that. I don't like that either. Ass. <laughs> um, but basically the mile and a half Daytona that is Atlanta now. Um, before they even got to the track, there was a lot of controversy, but before we get into those, there's just a shit ton of penalties to talk about. Um, let's talk about the racing, um, trucks and Xfinity. I kind of loosely followed them, but they seemed like wreck fests. They were, uh, they were like 10, 11 cautions each. So didn't have a lot of faith going into the cup race on Sunday and the cup race was pretty clean. <clears throat> we had Until one wreck. Huh? Until you, it wasn't. You had... Really, one re- one big wreck. It, it was two cars that spun in the front of field. I mean, Amarola blew a tire. I mean, that's just that could happen at any track. Um, Bubba spun it ten laps in, um, and uh, the, of course the big wreck with uh, where Harvick Chastain. got got Harvick. maybe maybe not Chastain. He got arrow loose and spun. Yeah, I mean, you saw I, he didn't touch him, but he may have well has have. I mean, you, when you're watching the onboard with Chastain, you see you see that hood just bubble up. So I mean, it was enough to send him for sure. He's definitely packing air in there. Like I didn't see much, if any, contact, but um, definitely packing air. Seventy to go in the kinda. middle of the corner. I think was the big thing. I don't, Chastain going to Chastain. I, I don't even. I, I'm I'm the biggest Harvick fan you're going to find, and I didn't find any really issue with it. It just sucks. It was bad timing, yeah. wrong place, wrong time. More than anything, I don't think anybody was even really up that upset about it. Harvick wasn't. The team wasn't. It's a product of that kind of racing. When it can go bad, it can go bad in a hurry, you know. And I think that even more than Talladega and Daytona handling played a lot bigger a lot larger factor than probably most people thought i think after qualifying people were like oh like eyes were open a little bit because that was sketchy yep. um so i think that everybody kind of knew it was on edge uh the fords were definitely fast so that maybe they were a little bit more on edge and were more susceptible i don't know but i didn't find a whole lot of fault with it i'm not going to blame chastain for doing something out of bounds because it wasn't um mm-hmm. I, I it just it is what it is it was slightly um, aggressive, I think, for the time and being in the middle of the corner. But, been, but I don't think. It, but I don't, I don't it, like you ever, said, it wasn't out of bounds. Was going to cause a wreck or had a risk right. to cause a wreck because right. he probably did that twenty other times before that. It didn't cause a wreck, so it just could have been circumstantial, perfect time, wrong two cars. Who knows? Like, it sucks. I mean, but not unexpected. I mean, to to be honest with you, um, I'll say this that. The racing was better than I expected. I didn't want, did not watch last year's race at all, not one lap of it. Nor did I watch a replay of last year's because I didn't care. I was so mad that they did it. Um, I was still mad they did it, but I watched. And if it wasn't, if this event race track didn't take away from Old Atlanta, I would have been pretty happy with it. It was, uh, it was mildly entertaining, but it took away from the old. It took away Old Atlanta. Yeah, and that pisses me off. Just that. So. I think- I, I was going to say tough. that I, I think if it was a brand new track, there would be no uproar about it, but because they took away one of the best mile and a halfs. But 
they had to repay old Lana one way or the other. Right. That's a fact. So do you repave it and then wait 20 years for old Lana to be old Lana? Or, I mean, that's fair. Because, I mean, look at every time they've done a repave. But do we need another super speedway? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's it's not fair to give it the comparison to old Atlanta because that track was literally coming apart. Atlanta's known for completely changing up when they, when they, 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 right. This is the third major reconfiguration. Um, What I do like about the track is it it does make handling mean more. It gives me old school, like early 2000s restrictor plate racing type right. of vibes because you can't just hook on to bumpers and push. But you got to give space. There's handling issues. There's nowhere to go with it, though, because it's Absolutely. so narrow. Yes. So my question. So the package they're running, are they running the Super Speedway package? Yes. That could be the problem there. Can you imagine this track if you don't have the Super Speedway package? It would probably be worse. I mean, it would be a mile and a half. High banked, it would be different at the very least. It would not I be want, a cookie cutter. I want the short track package at this track. No, well, I, I would. I would give agree me, with. Give me no spoilers. No spoiler. Eight fifty horsepower, whatever. I'll easy. take no but, spoiler. Five fifty. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that too. I'm saying the drag. They were if already it didn't have the pack racing. This race may not be the most interesting thing, but it would be completely different than Charlotte. It would be. It would achieve the same goal they're going for. Because now it's like it's a super speedway, so they're all close together, which is what they want. But it's a different kind of racing from Daytona and Talladega. A and drivers bit. hate yeah. it. It's 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 bad when guys were willing to rather go to Talladega or Daytona than just Atlanta track because yeah. it's not fun. If they can replicate that type of racing though at Daytona or Talladega, it would make that well. That they much just better, need to be my smarter at Daytona and Talladega, and they very well could. I don't even know if it's smarter. I, I just think because it's so much tighter and a smaller track, the handling comes into play. If the handling could come into play more at super speedways, yeah, you're going to see – and it kind of does go hand-in-hand hand with what you're saying here with, with, the, be, with being chat, smarter. Christopher Nolan in the chat pointed out – and I think that's pretty spot on. I think Atlanta will age and be a lot like – Remember old Daytona? They have to. They had to pave it too. It was patches coming up and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that thing was bumpy and choppy, and it broke that pack up a little bit. Maybe not to this degree, but still broke it up more than flat footing it. And mm-hmm. I still think the car is part of the problem, and not even the car, maybe the package. But you have half the horsepower you had 20 years ago, and double the spoiler. What the hell do you think is going to happen? Well, I think with the less and twice the tire, less horsepower makes that super speedway racing feasible on a mile and a half like they right. did at Atlanta here. I don't think you would have been able to do that. If they would have did it with the old 900 horsepower cars, there's no shot. They would just, it would be a death trap. It would be yeah. Michigan. It would be, it, it's smaller though. You know what I mean? Right. Like I mean, I guess you're saying it's just, it's I don't smaller know. and tighter. I just don't think it's fair to compare this Atlanta to old Atlanta. Old Atlanta had to be repaved. So it's just, what do you do with it? Do you leave it the way it is and wait for it to wear in five years? That's and that's okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It will. And it was easy easy to make it more narrow and add more banking. You didn't have to cut you didn't have to do a major reconfiguration. Right. But so you, now you can reconfigure it and you give it a speedway, super speedway package. So now you've changed into what Fontana's was gonna be, you know? Short yeah. track. Short track in the southeast, baby. But they weren't gonna blow up the front stretch in the stands right. and all that. So. Yeah. And that's why the dog leg's still there for no reason, because those seats are there and you can't move the seats. Same that track would be awesome without a dog leg. It would be. It would be, it would be yeah. Cool. Take that same, what you have, and do 
the nineties Atlanta there. Homestead was straight. shorter radius corners. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And I don't know, but here we are. We have this until the next. It wasn't terrible though for super speedway racing. I don't think. No, I think it was cool how you actually got to see a race mm-hmm. and under green proper. You got to see the leader block two lanes and like and that's why i'm saying like with the older restrictor plate racing back in the early 2000s i don't think i don't i don't feel like i've seen that in a long time where it's the leaders just picking a line picking the run it kind of was more like the the older super speed race not the older but the, the more recent super speedway racing has been more like you just have cars completely hooked up with each other and you're just shoving line for line i, I don't know i just it felt a little bit different so and you could go three wide you can you know, you you're hanging guys out to dry, and they're dropping twenty spots. I think it's interesting to think about. Not to skip ahead, it was kind of cold Atlanta this weekend. They go back in July. Handling was a problem when it was cold. Mm-hmm. That July race is going to be. Slick. Do you think it was a problem though because it was too cold? Mm-hmm. The tires didn't I mean, build enough heat. No, maybe, but I I would I mean, think it was pretty freaking cold. The car, track's bumpy too, even with the resurface. Yeah. Yeah, they might yeah, qualify. Yeah, July. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the whole race looks different come next year. Maybe it looks even more different. It would definitely look different than last year already. Um, so who knows? And that's a key thing, chat. Yep. Backstretch uh, pit entry. I don't. I mean, so Joey Logano actually made a really good point. I was listening. So when I was driving to Lincoln, I listened to all the qualifying and and everything on Sirius, and um, he made a really good point. Atlanta has the tightest pit boxes out of any track already. And now you just made it, made that pit road the longest in, in you made, made the longest pit road in all of NASCAR, which still the tightest, uh, a pit boxes. You have more cars on the lead lap. It, it that last set of pit stops, you had Chastain driving through the grass and, um, Hamlin Teddy, running in the cars, you know, yeah, uh, Dylan and Jones and Hamlin yeah. all came together there. It's awesome. Um, it, but the, it's it's dangerous pit entry though. though the pit gonna, entry. What other options do they have? Yeah, have guys have trying to, to get into the pit zone 195 and trying I, trying to get off the track while cars are on the track and it's narrow. I agree, but I think if they're going to do this, then they have to reconfigure somebody's pit boxes. Maybe make them come around the bend, give them a little bit more space what to make it safer for an entry. Commitment line have to do with the space on pit road. They used to pit these cars without a pit road right. beating or without a pit road. Right, speed. but uh, on old Atlanta, you would have. 20 cars a lap down right. when you're coming in, or but you have green talking, flag pit stops where there's not a, a lot of cars on pit Talking road. solely on the pit backstretch pit entry, what are your thoughts on that? I, I don't, you have to use it, I suppose. Like, I don't have many choices. I would you, have liked if they made the commitment line, okay, fine where it's at, but then don't start timing until maybe turn four. You're yeah, trusting you race car drivers to do smart things. Three and four passing each other. Maybe they blend up on the apron. They're in front of traffic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these guys are going to get all they can. Right. And you go sail off in there dirty. You come up on that track. You just, it's, I, There's I don't, no I perfect think, way to do it. No. Like, I don't think it maybe, hurt anything. I mean, I don't think it hurt. No, we lucky no caution came out. No caution came out there in that green flag stop. Which mm-hmm. saved it. And, and to be fair, I mean, props to NASCAR for thinking of this this week, however, because they didn't have it last year. And we got lucky not to have any green flag pit stops last year because I don't know what the hell they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for them. And cool that no cautions came out during that cycle because, like, you're losing two laps on a mile and a half. That's kind of wild. Yeah, but it would have been bad. It's the same for everybody. Yeah. 
But if that happens in the playoff race, <laughs> where, Atlanta has a playoff race. Yeah, the no. Chase Elliott won it last year. No, or no, it's the summer race. It's right before the playoffs. Yeah, it's July. Yeah. Anyway, right. the playoffs. Love it. Anyway, they have a they have another race here, and if that happens, where the worst case scenario, where half the field gets put not just one lap down, but two or three laps down, that makes it fun. I'm here for it. I don't, does it? Yeah, because they're going to wave around and they're all going to crash. They're trying to get the free pass and they're going to get back anyway. You're going to get a wave around. You're going to get one of those laps back just on a wave around alone, most likely. So uh, at the end of the day, that's just the way it is. Who cares? If you pit early, so here's how you solve that. Don't pit till you have to. And then you don't get trapped two laps down, at least on the front end of it. I mean, if you're not worried about it, then don't pit until you have to. I think you saw a lot of that, too. Right, you guys were the fuel pressure was going. It's like Kozlowski went by himself because I was listening to MRN, and I—that's what I would do. If you're so worried about it, don't pit. Right. Yeah. If you want whatever advantage you have by pitting by empty pits, then go ahead. And if something happens, which inevitably, if they do, if they had to do that again, I think a caution comes out. Like just, just the way that is going to go. Like at Daytona, everyone has problems getting what they can get there. Um. Joey Logano ends up winning. I really thought we were going to see that six car in, in victory lane. It would have been really cool to see that car in victory lane. I haven't seen the six. You know, it was like what four hundred and eighty races or something like that. It's like a ridiculous stat. Did you actually look it up? Because I told you I thought it, it was David Reagan. Yeah, it is. It, they, they they when what they, it was like nine laps to go or something. They put it up uh, as a stat oh, on Fox. So it's July. And you were right. What, that race, July eleven. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yep. Was it was it the UPS six or no? I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up because that was cool. That was a big Dave Reagan guy back then. Um, but that was the last time the six car has been in victory lane in the Cup Series, and you know, it would have been cool. It would be good for Brad K because that team's been really fast. They've really made a turnaround from from where they were this time last year to now. Night I and day think, difference. And I I was listening to it on the radio, and I actually radio did such a good job. I got excited just listening to the, the how excited they were. So well, if cool. you watch if you watch the TV broadcast, you're falling asleep. Well, no. So I ended up watching the replay back, and Brad made probably the wrong move by fading down the track a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it also, you could tell that I think part of it is you know his cars are faster because he did not shove Logano into the wall. Like I think last year, that same move, he makes that hard right and say, like, all right, Joey, I'm blocking you. Either we're both going to die or I'm yeah. going to win. And I think he knows he made a little bit of a business decision. He still finished second somehow, even though I don't really know how, because Bell definitely made it to the line. But, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. but either way, good business decision. Take second. I mean, I know he wants to win, but that program has been, they've been in the top 10 every single race so far. Well, and, so, and I think that points matter. They don't, I, yeah. I've been talking about that a lot this year, that the points really matter from yeah. week to week. Other than Denny Hamlin, uh, most guys are, are already thinking points, you know, like right. points are going to matter. And for Brad K, yeah, he, he has to feel confident enough and the points matter. Because if he's desperate for the win, and, and this is only race three, four, four, five, five, five already, Jesus, yeah. race five. If this was race twenty-two, right. if this is July or August, he, they come it, back yeah, here. if he's race twenty-two and he needs the win, it's a little he's, different story. But right now, he can gain all the points but, he can and see how it shakes out. And if he has speed this consistent everywhere, he's not going to need the win. And, and look at he'll also Dylan's way into this. Most of the problems they had all early season is he'd be running top five, top ten most of the race, and then come home seventeenth, twenty eighth, so they get wrecked yeah. or whatever it was. So I think some of that from his side, 
I mean, good point. Once you miss that block and don't but, cover it, you kind of have to go business decision mode. But I can. think the thing with Brad last year is he wasn't even running in the top five, maybe towards the end of the year, but he was bad, man. He was right. like 20, 25th but Chris Buescher, But Chris Buescher seemed to be that that borderline playoff guy. He won over race, got in, you know. Right. Still, but he they was definitely, definitely the, it was a it was a night and day difference between the two cars, and now they're they're pretty aligned now. They're both on the same level. Right. I don't know if that's they, Brad learning that, the car more. Well, think of some of it too. This early race last year, Brad's team lost 100 points. They were in kill mode from that point yep. on because they had to win. Um, Group, yeah. yeah, that's what you think. Brad's every race that just shows you how consistently fast they are. They yeah. ended the year strong. Chris Busher's been strong. Um, Chris Busher's having a bad luck right now, getting caught up in everyone's mess. But um, just, I think it's a different mentality. And Brad's, a, he's he's a veteran now, so mm-hmm. I think he's being real smart. So I wish he would have won, too. That'd been cool. I, I knew he was going to be stronger this year. I have not expected them to come out the gates this strong. Let's hope that they could keep it up. Um, talking about huge penalties, that was definitely the major story of the entire weekend. It's probably overshadows the racing, to be honest. Um, before we even got into the pulled into the track, there was already penalties levied over the week. Let's start with the Hendrick Colleg ones. Um, so they got hefty, they pretty much got the Brad Kozlowski fine of last year, but all four. Hendrick Cars and Justin Haley all got them. Um, lost 100 points, big fine, uh, 25 playoff points. It basically uh, 10, 10 playoff points, uh, yeah. 100, 100 points for driver and owner, hundred thousand dollars for everyone except for Chase Elliott Chase and Elliott, Josh Berry that, because yeah. But it took pretty much Larson, Bowman, and Byron who won two races from. Yeah, Bowman Basically was the top points of the, leader back to twenty yeah. sixth. <laughs> yes, and now Larson's back in thirty second, and and Byron's obviously in there, but he dropped in the points as well, um, pretty far down. Uh, um, huge penalties are uh, they're going to appeal. The penalty was for um, modified louvers. They at Phoenix, they um, NASCAR took them, saw that they were modified. Um, confiscated them pre-race. And I think that's part of the appeal here is that they never actually ran them, at least that weekend. And Hendrick is making... Chad Knauss and Jeff Gordon were... They were out there in front of a camera, grandstanding as much as they could all weekend of Atlanta, pleading their case. Um, To me, it felt like a little bit passing in the buck, but, uh, you know, at the same time, I understand their, you know, the the, um, the supply chain issues and the single source parts. They're getting shitty parts. You know, they basically made the case that they had to modify them to, just to fit the car. But Brad Kozlowski in uh, his press availability on Saturday said, and he's the guy that got the first one of these penalties last year. Was he's like NASCAR is very open. If you have a problem. And you have to modify them. You take it to NASCAR. You show them what's going on, and they they will say, "Go ahead, modify it the way you need to," or and and then they'll they'll address the issue with the vendor. Um, you know, and it seems like that communication wasn't done from Hendrick to NASCAR, and that's where the disconnect is, and that's where the penalty happened. So, you no, know, there was a lot there to unpack, but 
uh, Jay-Z, what do you think about this whole situation? Um, the race teams are ultimately responsible for what goes on that car. Mm-hmm. The rule is very clear. If it's a supplier par- supplied supplier supplied part approved by NASCAR, it cannot be modified. Period. End of story. Right. You broke the rule. To to say to to put it on the only defense they have is to pass the buck. That's mm-hmm. the only defense they do have because they broke the rule that's clearly stated. If this part is supplied by a supplier, you cannot modify any way, shape, form, black and white. Period. Yep. No discussions. Sorry, pay your fine, get your suspensions, beat it. Now, if this unbiased appeals panel, okay, sits there and says, well, I I just can't see any reason that they come back and go, you you know what? They were right. They, these things were so bad. Four cars of the whole field that happen to be on the same team. So a runner that have been dominating them, by the way, this entire You also what after they were still removed. dominated after again. I I don't I, I don't performance enhanced or not, you don't modify a supplied supplier part. Yep. Period. Whether it gives you an advantage or not, it is not to be tampered with. Period. Yep. Don't care if it's an advantage. The rule states if it's given to you, you buy it off of a NASCAR approved supplier, you do not modify the part for any reason, no matter what. Doesn't matter if it gave you an advantage or not. And that's the another thing they're saying. Didn't give us an advantage. We still won. Does not matter. You modified a part that you're not supposed to modify. Mm-hmm. Yep. Period. For any reason. And there's no way. I don't want to give NASCAR too much credit here. Okay. But after the thing of last year, that penalty that was that big, that was like history making penalty. There's no way NASCAR hasn't made clear to the teams what you just said about if there's something wrong with a supplier supplied part, bring it bring to it us. To let them. us let us look at it. We'll give you the go ahead, or we'll get you more of them, or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's no way Hendrick didn't know this. The way Brad made it sound like was like, all right, you're having an issue with this. Do you need to modify this to make it fit? We will approve this modification. That's or not. Basic. Or, or, or not. not. Or, or not, not, but what? it seems like NASCAR has been pretty willing to work Come with to them, first, right? You know, but but have that right. communication with them because how is right. NASCAR supposed to know that he's, this vendor That's is right. giving you shitty parts? Well, and here's the thing: <laughs> how many cars entered that race? What do they do? 40, 30, 36? Uh, it's been thirty-eight, okay. thirty-six, yeah. but That's, like like Coda might have forty. Yeah. Thirty-eight cars rolled through there. And is Colleg, by the way, a satellite team of Hendrick? Do they get uh, children? Childress, but they're still Childress. steady. Okay. So just so happens, of all these louvers made for all these cars, those four were taken and mm-hmm. one random car. Well, but I believe at Phoenix they looked at every louver on every car. Well, why wouldn't one, they? I haven't I haven't seen that, but so thought, Haley's oh, were that's taken. That's so like Justin Haley's though was taken Saturday. One of his two were taken for okay. whatever reason. Now, we'll, they got the same penalty, okay? Right. Even if it's a manufacturer issue, the teams have to know that they can go to NASCAR, right? We talk, Like we talked about. I don't know that. We're not on the insiders. If that's the only thing they can stand on, then that's what they got to stand on to try to get some of these penalties lowered, right? They're not going to go away. They're not going to be reversed. Lowered. That's the only option they have is lowered. But if all these parts are bad 
and they had to do this to just to make them fit, there would have been 20 of them. Why Not, is it all on one team? One team. Or Give me a break. Like, well, we were born maybe in, in the morning or late at night or overnight, but not last night. Like, so, has to say, come on, bro. My thing is, how many times have you seen teams try out parts, you know, different things, but they don't put them on all four of their cars? You see Wonder guys get yanked because they want to see what they can – I don't know. That like part, that's a weird part. Right. They're the ones trying something out. And you got they didn't the put it on the car that's probably going to make the playoffs. They put it – Right. So if you're a Hendrick – you're just going to put it all for your cars. Like you, this is a conscious, either completely ignorant or completely yeah. conscious. They're doing this. They're going to play dumb and blame it right. on the supplier. Yeah. I mean, they're Jack not going to take any, they're not going to take anything on there. They're not going to Denny Hamlin this and say, yeah, we did it. No, no, we didn't. Yeah, I did it. No, no, we didn't. I lied. Okay. And they're not going to do that. They're going to, if they're going to appeal, they're going to appeal on the grounds that, that takes no responsibility on themselves. They have a chance because Hendrick had such a pool, they have such a pool with everybody, and, and, and I was a little disgusted with Fox's coverage of it. I was I was glad that they gave everybody a, a, a platform to go and speak their half of the story on live TV. But after it, it seemed like after Jeff Gordon went on and it, they opened the show five minutes, just Jeff Gordon talking about all this, and Pretty everybody on Fox was like, something isn't right here. Jeff's completely right. Like something's not, there's a disconnect here. And that, you know, if you're going to an unbiased panel, that will sway. That will sway people. But here's my question though. So the other part of this, so Brad Kozlowski coming out, saying all this stuff, real smart move by Brad Kozlowski. One, he knows it. And he's generally genuine and honest. Also, he's a Ford team and you're getting your ass kicked by Chevy. You would love those guys to get buried. Just like old school. This is where it gets fun. So now it's like you see the guys saying, oh, they're, they gain all this advantage. It's not the Chevy team saying, oh, we didn't do nothing. It's the other team like, oh, yeah, they're cheating. Well, get this, Denny this Hammond is- started this podcast before he admitted to his thing was throw the book at him. Screw those guys. Yeah, like, but this, it's the fun this- part of NASCAR a little bit. Like, hey, get them. Get them. <laughs> the messaging from Keselowski is very consistent last year where even though he got slammed, he was very much a supporter of NASCAR last year. Right. and. Mm-hmm was speaking kind of defending NASCAR throughout the year. So this is very consistent from Brad K. Yeah. Maybe he has a little bit of that, like haha Chevy thing, but he's been pretty much backing NASCAR up even after his penalty. So and I think it doesn't so surprise me. He got caught with the modified fender whatever. wheel. No, it was a wheel. The wheel was Daytona, but they ended up reversing that and letting teams do that. Yes. After Daytona. So Daytona, they got modified wheels. They got confiscated. And that all got reversed. The whole reason for that was because the vendor had defects right. and they needed to modify but, it. But what did they do? They took it to NASCAR and said, Hey, look, this is what well, no, they're having they got, to do just to get got, them the fit. They got caught first. They got caught, but they, got yeah. caught then, first. they didn't take it to NASCAR first. No, they got caught first. This they, time, proved Atlanta, they proved their the mm-hmm. deal. Right. At Atlanta is when they got caught for modifying whatever, which they said so they were trying to fix. Like, I don't know if it was the. Fender or something. They're trying to fix a repair or something. So they said. So they said. But these teams, they're all engineers. They're all smart. They they can find a way to squirrel like, hey, NASCAR, this thing isn't working right. Can we modify it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. They're not just going to make it fit. They're going to make it fit and make it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And they're looking for for how even these cars are. I don't care if you think there's no advantage to these louvers or not. They're looking for every little millimeter that they can make up on the competition because all that will make up, that will will add up over time. That's why Denny Hamlin 
got a win taken away for fucking a two inch piece of tape last year underneath the the wrap. They were trying something. Yeah, you know? he's still not admitting. He goes, "That didn't even help us." Bullshit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it did help him or not. They said it added counts down. Everything. But everything of those has a reason. Things. That's what they're looking for. That's what all these teams are looking for. That's and right. I also love the fact that somebody had to have tipped NASCAR off to this too. To even right. look at all the hedge cards. This is great. This is awesome. Well, Do just like they probably somebody tipped them about peeling back the the wrap yeah, on him. It was the year. same the same people. It was great. And mm-hmm. then crazy idea. What if colleague put a modified one in there just to help support Hedrick's argument? Get your tinfoil hats out, boys. Why would that be? They're if they're a uh, uh, Chevy. Really? No, I don't think so. I'm just putting your tinfoil hats on. I didn't say yeah. it's true. I do. I do think it's pretty could, curious that they put it on the car. That's not right. Not, and it's not, only nothing one against of them. Justin Haley. I, and, I think he does have a shot to make the playoffs. But Almondinger is Almondinger is def. Well, that's true on the day after. But it was also Alm, the day after Alm, they is definitely the car. He has a great shot to make the playoffs because Almondinger is probably our favorite to win this week. I, I don't know right. if it's that, I don't know if it's that deep because that would be the only definitely angle. Not, probably that deep. Listen, this is the only angle I have to say that. That the Hendrick guys might have again, not that they're going to be right or reversed or changed, but they might have something to stand on that they had to modify and whatever. That it was one louver off one other random car. I don't think it's as deep as we're thinking about some mafia ties <laughs> oh, and definitely paying people not. off and Chevrolet. I think that tells me that if again, if let me t- I'll say it this way: if it wasn't if Haley didn't have one and it was just the Hendrick cars, you're dead. You're yeah. you're done, you're done, you're done. Mm-hmm. But one other random car, Chevy or not, connection or not, tells me there might be something in the water a little bit with these mm-hmm. parts, because um, it wasn't two louvers, right? It wasn't a pair on that car. It was Just one louver on one car. So I don't know. We'll see. And if you look at like what Hedrick said in their appeals, they made sure to point out like we communicate with NASCAR. We have documentation to prove we communicated. We got unclear communication. They're playing all the right angles to. They're not dumb. Chad Knauss is the best at it. Like they're gonna, colleague might lose their appeal, but I know Hendrick's gonna gain if they get the playoff points back. And that's all they Hendrick care about. Did, you think colleague and Hendrick aren't talking right now? No, they're definitely on the same team. Mm-hmm. They're they're talking. They're gonna figure out how to defend. That colleague players. is a smart guy. Yep. Correct. Yeah, just one of them, Christopher. Uh, what else? <sighs> Another penalty that was handed out was uh, Denny Hamlin for his actions at Phoenix on the last right. lap. Actions uh, that are tremendous. And I, I yeah, have yeah. thoughts here, and I might have to ask a couple questions before I get my thoughts out. So. Go ahead. I'll let you, I wanted you to yeah. go, and then I would. Yeah. So Denny Hamlin has a podcast, kind of like we do, but he a lot more people listen to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and he basically and it's on Dale Junior's platform. Yeah, yeah. So that and helps. what's it called? Actions detrimental. Okay, which go is ahead. Exactly what he did to himself because he went. Now for me, when I I even said it right after Phoenix, like immediately after that night, I'm like, this doesn't look intentional to me. It looks like he got tight. Maybe he didn't give a shit that it was Russ, but it didn't look intentional to me. Uh, Pocono looked more intentional than that Phoenix abs- right did. Absolutely. And still, I don't even think that was fully intentional. I don't think. We should admit that now. He'll probably get yeah. away with it. But <laughs> he goes on his podcast on Monday and admits that he's like, 
I'm taking him with me. Detail. He 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 <laughs> admitted with, to it, which me, to me felt like he was peacocking a little bit because I still don't believe that he fully did that on purpose. I think he got tight in the corner and he knew Ross was there. And once they got together, he's just like fuck it, you know. But Agreed. I don't think I don't. He made it sound like he still said fuck it in his actions afterward. Took Ross with him. Absolutely, right. but he, he could made have avoided it, that. The way he framed yeah. it was like it was premeditated. No, no, and, he said. I was going backwards. I knew this, and uh, I'm tight, going back. Just, he's coming with me, buddy. Same wheel. idea. I got tight, and I was like, I'm I going backwards. The same that was the same, thing, yeah. right? Same idea. He just used. He didn't make he the didn't car sell get to drive yeah, into Ross. He didn't go down tight. to turn one and say, "Yeah, get dead." Like, okay, so fair enough. So he gets a fine now, fifty thousand dollars and twenty five points. Yeah, not huge, but enough. I mean, now you you want NASCAR personalities out there making these rivalries getting their faces out in the media, pushing the sport along, you know, to a younger audience or just an audience in general. And then you're going to penalize the guy for basically admitting that he wrecked them, but you were going to champion a guy who intentionally wrecked and rode a wall to get into the playoffs or Dale Earnhardt intentionally wrecking people, you know, back in the day, you know, the point of getting the, getting, giving the penalty out and what mm -hmm. that says, but then he appeals. So yeah. he said he wasn't going you, to, and then he listened to his podcast today. His podcast today, he no. revealed why. Why? He, because he the penalty, right? The penalty didn't matter when he's like, "I'm not going to appeal the penalty." And then he looked at the penalty the next day. He's like, "I didn't do actually yeah. any of this." So initially, he wasn't appealing because Joe Gibbs called him and kind of asked him not to. He said, "I talked to the sponsors." So what Danny was saying, Gibbs sponsors the team. Just like, let's just let this go, move on. No big deal. We're all okay. And then, yeah, then he saw that what he was actually being penalized for. He goes, what the hell? He didn't go into detail what it was. He said he's saving that until this is all over. So that's going to be a great podcast. Yeah. But okay. um, so, so then he called Joe. They had a whole meeting and then basically said, all right, we see your point. If you want to do it, go ahead. So now he's going to war. Okay. So <laughs> to me, this is all just weird. The yes. whole thing is strange, right? You go on there admitting, knowing that you might get – there may be – uh, repercussions for saying this publicly because we all know that if you say it out loud, you're going to get something. If you let it go and don't say a word, you may, you probably won't. Right. You could, you could get shadow fine, right? They call it in the background, but an out loud public fine, you know, what could happen if you say it, he said it didn't really care. My issue with the fine at all, is that it didn't bring out a yellow. It didn't crash him. Am I right? Nope. They nope. finished right next to each other. 23rd, okay. 24th. Okay. Didn't wreck him. Didn't didn't actually take him out. Tried to. Didn't. didn't a out yellow. Just a lot of contact. Didn't Just bring out a yellow. Okay. So because he said it out loud is the issue. Not that it happened. Right? Mm -hmm. We agree. Yeah. Yep. Well, we don't know. He doesn't, we, he doesn't we don't. say it. Precedent has been set in NASCAR. You don't admit to that's anything, true. you don't get a fine. Especially right. if you didn't bring out a yellow. Yeah. I think that's why Denny is appealing here because it sounds like you he's using that technicality of we didn't actually wreck. Well, that's right. contact, but, but we didn't wreck. We didn't bring out a yellow. We weren't crashing. I think Dale Jr. or Mike Davis, one of the two, made a perfect point on their to download last week. NASCAR didn't even know enough to look at it when it happened. They only right. knew to look at it because Denny said about it. Well, that's not shame on them. <laughs> like, well, I think that media made it out to be something because they had contact, right? They know it, it was on I their didn't hear anything about it. It was on NASCAR's radar because the public was talking about Denny yeah. and Chastain. 
once they heard the pod, then they went and went, oh, okay. They go back, they find him. It's bullshit. Okay. It's bullshit on NASCAR's part. Yeah. Next part is kudos for Denny. Even if he's peacocking a little, he got his a little bit back and took, you know, he owed Ross more than that. But he still does. But then to appeal, though, has a weird vibe to me of going, huh. I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I'm going to admit to it. I did it. And now I'm going to try to get away with it. <laughs> right. Okay. After you said, you're not going to, now you're going to, but in his shoes in his mind, I think he looks like a punk to me. I think he looks like a punk for Janelle appealing it when he knows he did it. Cause he said he did it. But what NASCAR screwed up here is that they, they, they're both wrong. Yes. In my opinion, they're both yeah, wrong yeah. here because NASCAR should have never found him to begin with. Denny should have never admitted it. Now, Denny, I think, it, I think he's kind of pushed into a corner because of the way the rules interpreted, saying its actions detrimental to racing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until you said it was. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't until he said it out loud that he did it, Be- and it's bullshit because he he might get away with it. Look at and, what. But behind he's... closed doors, he they might say something, but I bet the fine doesn't change. I think it's going to be interesting because he's definitely playing chess here because he's a smart guy. I'm a big Denny hater, but he's playing chess. It started, and Josh Williams, which we'll get to, may have been the one that changed a lot of things for Denny here because people were kind of torn on Denny getting the fine or whatnot, things like that. And now he's building up this thing against NASCAR, and then the Josh thing, he goes out and goes, I'll pay your fine. So now he changes that. And then on his podcast today, he's takes one jab at NASCAR towards the back half of it, talking about F1 versus NASCAR. And he goes, you wanted to get to like F1? He goes, you don't make your, you don't censor your athletes. So he's still, he wants, I, this is really good for a podcast. If you're Denny. Yeah. Yep. But have you noticed the trend here in the last, I don't know, four to five weeks about drivers poking the bear a little bit more than normal. And they're, they're poking the bear now. And do you think this goes deeper into mm-hmm. the whole driver owner team negotiations with, with the TV rights and pieces of the pie? I, I think it goes to, I think especially the drivers are poking the bear right now is because a lot of the, the not just that the drivers weren't asked for their input on a lot of the changes that happen. I know they talked about it with Atlanta. Not one driver was asked about if they thought this was a good idea. And I think that that's part of it as well. It's like, Hey, you won't listen to us. We're going to make you listen to us a little bit you know what i mean like we want to give you the we want to make a better product we want to help you guys but you got to get our input you can't just go to the team owners and tv and you got to get our because like you're going to expect us to go and put on a good product and something we don't agree with and 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 we could have told you how we could make it a better product I think that's part of it. And I think also what you're saying too, with, with I think there's some, there's some big battles right now between yeah. the sanctioning body and the owner's drivers uh, teams. I think there's some battles happening and they're becoming very public in NASCAR um, that I don't remember that being much of a thing. I think you it's more transparent now. And, you know, and I, I hope like as a fan, I really hope these sponsors will stand behind these guys because we need more personality. We need more, yeah. I would rather there be personality like a Josh Williams than guys just being assholes to be assholes. Right. Like I want the action on track to be good and there to be drama with drivers. Uh, They can be entertaining and not be boring because the sponsors have turned them into uh, William Byron's no offense to William Byron, but 
Joey Logano's. Um, these guys are just boring. They're open. And every time someone has a personality or says something negative that has to do with the product, they get their their hand slapped so hard that it turns them back into William Byron. And think about and that's not really not what the sport needs right now. If we're actually calling this entertainment, the sport doesn't need more of that. The sport needs more of a Denny Hamlin to speak his mind, right, wrong, or indifferent, and not have his hand slapped. Now, but if I'm NASCAR, if I'm sitting in NASCAR shoes, I don't love that the guys are criticizing the sanctioning body. Makes them look like clowns. Well, well do better. If the clown shoe fits, do better. Um, but I think if you have you look at the guys that are talking and. It, you have Harvick. I think he's been accurate and critical over the last year and a half, two years. He's leaving. Kozlowski has been oddly quiet, but he's in a different role now. So you have Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin kind of just like, hey, we're the guys. And Denny's in a position where he can control two sides of it because he's the yeah. owner and the driver. Um, it's also back into your career. He has, what, five years left? Maybe. Yeah. Or burning it down, I suppose. Um yeah. Like Dale Jr. said before, like you stop giving a fuck. That's when you know your career is coming to the end. That's where Harvick's at. I'm waiting for Harvick to start unleashing here. So, and NASCAR's never going to find Denny enough that it's going to make him change. Like yeah. he's got plenty. He just yeah. keep it coming, and and he's got all the backing in the world. You know he what knows. I mean? He he really does. And I this think whole it's, penalty it's with good. him strange. It, yeah. It's very weird. I don't know what happens, but I'm here for all of it. I like now. It. Let's let's be let's devil's advocate here on NASCAR side, Denny, Denny says what he says on Monday and then they don't do anything. How do you think that goes over? NASCAR said a box. He didn't crash him. He didn't take him out of the race. He didn't go to yellow. But he, 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 uh, he admitted it. He admitted that he put him in the wall. He he was taking him. So did William Byron when he spun Denny Hamlin in a playoff race. And that got reversed. But William Byron. Yeah, that's true. So that's but, why if you're Denny Hamlin, you have to appeal for the simple fact. And he probably, I doubt he forgot no, that that happened, but the all that was up fine. They paid $100,000 to get your points back. I forgot about that last year with Byron. William and Byron admitted it. He yeah. admitted it. That's why he got pinched too. Just and like, let's think about the rule that they're charging him with. It's not a black and white rule that he wrote, broke a rule. It's actions detrimental. It's 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 a judgment call. Right. Right. So why not appeal it? You and have to. Byron did it during the race, affected Denny's position during the playoffs. I'm yeah, still here for William Byron doing it. Steel City Demon there says you can't pick and choose when it's a problem. Be consistent. But you can't be consistent when it's a judgment call. Yeah. When the penalty is actions detrimental to, to the sport or racing. Right? racing. So you, it's, it can't be a consistent thing. This is like this is like pass interference in football. Yeah, right. it's, it's a judgment call. It's a I judgment call. The last penalties we're talking about with Hendrick and Colleague, I think NASCAR has been extremely consistent. And that's something that NASCAR has been – Taken to the woodshed for Correct. for years is not being consistent with these penalties and maybe bending over backwards to. Right. Uh, uh, I think they got to stand pat here with Hendrick. I don't but, think they. But have this choice. is different. This is different with Hen- with Hamlin. And and really, this new car has helped NASCAR with the consistency on car penalties. Yeah, yeah. because they supplied it, it all. Don't it's touch ma- it. It's made it black and white. Don't touch it. Right. Yeah. It very much has. There's less engineering and gray areas uh, for it. It's made it black and white. What NASCAR really needed. So. Yeah, like here, Christopher, I think Denny might win the appeal because NASCAR took out the word, quote, intent from the rule book, right? Yep. So, they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 
it, it, can't be, it can't be consistent, and we're all going to sit here and watch and, and either agree or disagree with the call. But it's not up to us. I just think it's all silly. All of it's silly. Leave them alone. Let them race. Because him and Ross now are good. So what yeah. really did it affect? What actions were detrimental to the product? I also the don't believe that either. Well, you don't have to. They say I, they are. That's all we yeah. need to know. Until we get the Martinsville or Richmond. Yeah, but, or but, it, but, it, but from here forward, they're not going to be looking for each other on the racetrack. Until they do, until yeah, it I think everybody do. has an eye on Ross at all times. Ross, yeah, until they're, they're racing. Denny and him and Alex Bowman get into a chatter match yesterday. Yeah, Bowman Bowman won right after Ross. He was yeah. still in the car. Either way, so that that like, be right. hit off with Denny. Yeah, <laughs> nah, Denny's not done. That's not. That's not. No, enough. I mean in terms of his rivalry. Denny's with Ross. a smart guy, but that he's still got a good. There's gonna be a really well timed something to Ross that's gonna definitely be an accident, but at a really good time, probably for a race win somewhere. Uh, and to, to, I want to put a wrap on this, but again, uh, Mr. Smeal also complete BS, how they penalize him retroactively. If you can't prove it by the time you leave Sunday, it's not a penalty. And that is absolutely wrong. All penalties yes. are announced on Wednesday. Yeah. And, and no matter the when is, they decide to make it a penalty. Right. And not just that he admitted to the world on Monday that what right. he did and that and forced that pretty person. sure Bubba got- does not matter it can't be it, the penalties aren't determined when they leave the racetrack on sunday no matter what i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure bubba got penalized for intentionally spinning at texas a few years ago in the 43 car it's like six days after it happened right because he had been like thursday or something and they just slapped him then like you got at least wait to after the season yeah. i guess so there's, there's some common sense here, and then there's some things that are up to interpretation. And obviously, Denny feels like this is up to interpretation. So I he think will Denny have his day. Tied a bone up from my end. It's only helping his podcast brand. Yeah. I think he was totally fine <laughs> with admitting it on that the podcast and, and living with the penalty. But think then when it. he saw the penalty, hey, I didn't actually do this. I can actually fight this. I can, if he can get out of it, why not? It's like a speeding right. ticket. It's like, dude, I knew I was doing. 65 and a 45 shit i got a 200 fine i'm gonna go fight that in court because maybe your shit's wrong and maybe i get it <laughs> maybe i get it knocked out i actually did that before when i was younger i did that before and it got knocked down i didn't get points on my license i had to just but, pay the fine i think that's kind of the same mindset here and how many people tuned into the show today to see what denny had to say about it he said literally nothing it said come back when this is all done so now he's got, got double the viewership yeah I mean, all, all what's the what's the saying? All press is good press. There is no bad Especially, press. Or something. Right. Especially you know, in this there, case. I mean, there is if you get arrested or something. But right. And in this in case, this, it's not in that. This so case, he's bringing some value to the podcast. You're welcome, Dale Jr. Yeah. Plus, when Dale Jr. says you have to appeal, you have to appeal. That's kind of the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> we aren't done with penalties. Oh. This one was wild, man. This was, Gosh. and I'm gonna blame Kyle Bush for this whole thing. No, because he started this walking away from your car. Josh Williams was told, and it's very strange. I, I don't blame, I shouldn't say I blame Kyle Bush for any of this. I'm just saying he kind of started this trend, I feel like. But NASCAR told Josh Williams to park uh, his car because of, uh, I guess, debris falling off of his car, parts falling off his car. And, um, putting debris on the track and they told him to park it, which is kind of weird. You know, maybe tell him to go down pit road and fix it. I don't know what happened, what led up to this. So I'm just going by what I know. He said it was a piece of tape. Bondo to be exact. Yes. So, and 
DBC. <laughs> so he parks it on the start finish line in the middle of the caution, walks out, walks across the inf- the, the, the trialable grass, throws up the deuces to the crowd, and just leaves the car there. And then he ends up in the hauler for the next four hours. It is legendary. And then a picture on Twitter came out. He's in the hauler looking out the window with a thumbs up like to the this. people outside while he's in the hauler. And he goes, he goes back to his because let them find me. I can't pay it anyway. <laughs> like I love this guy. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of funny now that a lot of this is coming out because you start hearing drivers and, and people talk about, oh well, Josh is actually a really, really good driver. It's just he's in underfunded equipment, but he never really heard about this before. But I get it. You know, it, this is good exposure for him. Maybe this gives him some opportunity here because Denny Hamlin said he would pay his fine. There's a lot of other drivers out there big time names that are out there really supporting him. He was on Dorbo Clear today and I listened to a part of like the introduction before we went on tonight. And so apparently his sponsor for the race is based in Atlanta. So that's just where this whole thing kind of starts. It was already a shit show. He was leaving the pits. Bondo falls off. They don't wave off the caution. He, they go green, throw out the caution, par- decide to park them. And he asks his spotter if that was serious. And he's like slowing down to stop. To confirm that no one was talking, so he's unplugs and gets out and walks away. <laughs> and he's you like, spot- You want your sponsor on TV? You got it. That's what he yeah. said. He goes, I think I got more for them by doing this than I would have for winning the race. Um, and he said he got to the hauler and sat there. It was 140 laps. He was there for like three hours. Wasn't allowed to get his clothes changed, wasn't allowed to get his bag or his phone. He, like, you can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, putting time out right and he's like at one point he goes the official ask if uh if you want a drink or pizza he goes no all like stubborn like and he goes actually i could eat some pizza (laughs) (laughs) i listened to the first 15 minutes of dbc it was hilarious this guy want to give a shout out here real quick ashley capetta hi how's it going good to see you hopefully we see you in ashley maybe baps maybe 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 um no this is amazing i i love every bit of it um, I mean, again, I, I, I love it for the entertainment point of it, but he's making, he, again, <laughs> he's going down for a long time, man. He's got like, I hate weeks. that he is, but he's making NASCAR look like an asshole and they yeah. do not do well. I, I find it still pretty weird that they told him to park it and not like, well, it's go in down the robot. That's, well, their, he, that's their slang term. Everybody knows what it means. Park it. Off the track in the garage, <laughs> right? Because right. a piece fell off. So Bob Pockers put it out last night. Apparently, if you, at any point, if you have damage or something in a part fall off your car and delays a caution or something like that, you that is within the realm of things that they are allowed to ask you to do. I feel um, like I've seen it before, especially in the Cup Series. What? Yeah, but happened. you didn't see it to a low-funded team in a shit show race, and they right. made an example of them. And he took offense. You may never we'll make an example out of a big team then. Yeah, but you may never hear NASCAR say that to a team on a spotter radio. They just pull behind the wall, the cars damn right. and running, right. they park it. They pull behind the wall. Right. This one, you got to find out the inner workings of how that works now. They told right. him to park it. They have every right to do it on there based on whatever. Mm-hmm. And he decided to not agree. I just loved when the podcast that he just kept saying it's in the rule book. Did you yeah. I found out? He goes, I found out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but but so for me, it's just all right. That's in the rule book. I'm going to watch Daytona Talladega a lot more closely now because I I feel like I've seen Cup cars where this has happened where they've had pieces on and it's it after off later a 17 hour long stage of every three laps having a crash. Like 
I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I got you. Yeah, it's definitely happened before. But I'm yeah, all I'm sure. It has, yeah. I mean, so, he broke how many rules for just like they like probably got one week for wrecking Larson and walking across. And so originally they weren't. He was. He said that TV came up to interview him, and he was going to go all Jack Hewitt. <laughs> And then the NASCAR official said, no, you have to go to the infield care center. And Regan Smith was like, oh, sorry, we can't interview until he goes to the infield care center. It's the rules. It's like, damn. <laughs> so, Can you imagine him going Jack Hewitt on Fox broadcast? Oh, how, my God. If, if Denny already came out and said he's going to pay the fine, by the way. Mm-hmm. How long Confirm is he suspended? Oh, I think dude. at least three weeks. I think three. Because that, that would hurt more to him than oh, yeah. if he, that he had, can't pay. He put out on Twitter – Who's he said that? Uh, uh, it's a Perez that's him. driving his car at a uh, car. Oh, already was planned to, right? No, I don't think so. I think it was just decided since he's going to be suspended. Oh, he knows no, that. They didn't announce that yet. He did. No, he put it on his Twitter today, man. I'm telling you. But no, but no, he knows he's going to be suspended, or he put a deal together to have someone in it regardless. I think Perez is a rumor. He announced who was going to be in the car today. You know, it, uh, is it Brad Perez? I think so, yeah. I think that was predetermined. Maybe it was, but he put it out just today. What he should do is register. He should uh, enter that race. That way, if he gets suspended, it counts. He, it was four hours ago. Hey, everyone, it's Brad, Brad Perez at NASCAR Coda weekend, this heart thing. Brad Perez. So he must know that he's at least done for this week. No. Screen share. He said he gained like 8,000 followers. Yeah, absolutely. Right there. So, and that's, I never heard of this guy. Nah, he raced before. He's pretty good. Okay. But he just released it four hours ago, so I think That's that like has something to do with something it. in crew guy. But yeah, I mean he's there he is right there. <laughs> the shirt wait, 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 wait. here. Did you see the shirt? Go back up and see the shirt he wore on DBC. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> is this like a Let's Go Brandon moment? I hope not. Not for his sake. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning like it like people knew his name for a while, you know. It this might, might be, be more like that. This might be more like that guy from Gateway. Oh yeah, that might be where that shirt came from, actually. Yeah. So he just put that out four hours Wait, ago. Back, hover I, there. It said, it said driver and crew guy for who? For EG. EG that, Motorsports. Who's EG? Is that the em- Emerling Gase Motorsports? The thirty-five and fifty-three. That's not his car. So that's okay, not Josh's car. So he's a crew guy for those two, and then he's also a driver. Merch for Sync in Band. I think he. Oh, I said, he's the guy that drove the I set my friends on fire car last year. Okay. I... Oh. I know. I know that band. So that's, anyway, I, I the band sponsored the car. It was just a band that sponsored yeah. the car, that's which cool. which is not a uh not a very big band. So I don't know how the hell they. <laughs> I don't know where they got the money to do that. Anyway, so okay. Yeah, the uh, guy stealing bread from Brett. Another Brett calling himself bread. We got the real bread, Perigo. The real bread. Pierogi. Pierogi. Bread pierogi. 
So, yeah, I don't know. I think one week. I think three. That might send a message, but three is harsh. I don't think they give him three. I don't think it is. I think if they give him, I mean, I think if they do, I think the public. I think he's fine. If, burn down. He'll be fine if if he, uh, they suspend him three weeks. I mean, he'll probably be upset, but I'm just saying, like, all the publicity he's going to get from this might not be the worst thing. Just thinking, <laughs> so epic moment though. This, what a guy! It was that. That was just the deuces walking across, and then Grass. with the mullet, and he's a and he had mullet it. and everything. Like, he and is all of it. us. He is all of us. Yeah. Like normal human dudes. I think the most relatable you thing know? was he gets to pit box, and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Let them find me. I can't fucking pay it anyway." <laughs> like, and then he's going yeah, to man, that would be the same way. What else are they going to do? DBC asked him what he hit. He goes, "I didn't hit nothing." He goes, "I must have thought I sprained my ankle walking across the grass." <laughs> like, you need to go watch the first twenty. The, the oh. first twenty minutes is hilarious. That's all the farther I got. So this guy is a character, and uh... maybe someday, maybe someday. Maybe someday. I'm just going to throw that one out there. Not even bullshit. We need more so. sprint car guys to do that. We do need more sprint cars to just get we out of them. Well, it showed uh, Hansel last year to destroy his fucking helmet out right. on the track. Yeah, I guess that's every other week. Out. He gets out of his car on the track and wanders around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we have that. We have more character in our local racing than, we, than NASCAR does. They're all yeah. scared. Scared of the big bad sponsorship. Right. Um, so let's go to. Coda, baby. Dude, I'm so excited for this race. Why? There's so many good drivers coming in. And Coda's one of the best road courses. I love Coda. Um, I it, it, it was one of the best races last year. Coda was one of the best races last year. Had an epic finish, don't get me wrong. But the racing was still really great. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. And I think I'm really... I think Kimmy's going to be a force. I think he's a guy that can maybe sneak into the top ten. He Jordan. really looked good at Watkins Glen last year. Jordan Taylor. No. Is he in I this did. race? He's yes. running the nine. He's car. running. He's running Chase Elliott's car. So, no. so so I didn't so, win this race. Listen, this is the one. I'll we got for a nine car for once. We got so we got Jordan Taylor in the nine car. We got Jensen Button, mm-hmm. Formula F one champion, I'm in a Rick Ware car, which is really oh. a Stuart Haas. Stuart Haas car. car. It's Stuart a Stuart Haas, Haas car. car. Just did just Rick Ware. Like Priest ran last year at the Clash a few yes. times in other races. Oh. We got Kimi Raikkonen in the project in the Project 91 car, which was pretty strong last year until he got taken out. Um, we got Jimmy Johnson; he's going to run it. Um, yeah, and then we that. also, and then we also, um, there's somebody else. Jordan Taylor. No, there's I already said. Oh, that. Connor Daly. Connor Daly. That's in that shit box team. Yeah. So I hate um, Connor Daly. I want him to be in good. I know. I w- if Connor Daly could just like run a JRM Cup car or something <laughs> like. Anything right. with the money team car, man. Well, if he, you know, they have a podcast on on. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think if they're gonna shoot, like, eventually make enough money to for Junior that it would make sense. If they right? could just like lease a car from Hendrick for a weekend or something. That's be cheaper than driving that. I mean, I want, like, really, I want him to be in a good Indy car. Well, that too. Yeah. But like, still the money team. Hopefully, they have the car not doing weird shit like the Daytona, like Ken Bomb. Ken Bomb. Um, I know he's he's probably more amped up about a. Uh, He's a uh, probably a, more amped about Coda than I am, but I, I I don't know. I love this race. I love this track. Oh, wait, I know wait. It, it's a little long. It's a little long. Don't get me wrong for NASCAR, but I think the racing. But the cool thing. Go ahead, Jamie. You Do they have it. the short track package for this? Yeah, a little spoiler. It's the same thing. It's the road course and, short track packages. And even now. better, 
uh, yeah, but that's different from last year. Should be better even. I don't think so. I think I think they the same. I, same as what? Last as year. last year. No. They adopt the road no. course package to the short track package. Oh, right. Yeah, they changed that. That's right. They changed it. Whatever. To, to um, do and spoiler this year, just from the, the other week at Phoenix. That was the first time they ran that. You've right. They're doing that on a short though. track. On a short yeah. track. All, right. all road courses and short road. track. So right. that'll be hype. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. No stages. I, my favorite part, Jimmy took it again. No stage cautions, boys. Thanks, no Jimmy. I'm glad what you brought that up. There's stages, no, but no cautions. <laughs> no cautions. That's all I want. <laughs> no cautions? No, yeah, no stage cautions, yeah. Well, how is, like, Briscoe ever going to win this race, then, without having bunched up at the end in a green Yeah, that, here's the thing. So It doesn't mean there's going to be no cautions. Uh, yeah, there's just definitely going to be a debris caution somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a yard tail in the front stretch or something. You watch the highlights of the 12, 12 hours of Sebring. I think probably eight of them were under caution. And the choose rule. That's here too, so that's yep. interesting. I don't know. I don't know if it'll don't matter. Know. Oh, uh, some, it mattered at Atlanta, so for some reason yeah. I want to be up top. Well, yeah, because there was a dominant line. This has thirty-seven turns. You're gonna to want to be on the inside going into turn one. Turn you don't one. want to be caught on the outside. You don't want to be the sucker getting or you're gonna get all punched up and be able to rip around the outside. Maybe. So somebody's gonna do it because there's gonna to be too many cars on one line. That's the fun part about it. Yeah. So AJ Allmendinger though. He's been kind of out there all season. This was probably a race he had. He's had it circled, but there's a lot of. I mean, you said Raikkonen, Kimi. um, I think Jordan Taylor is going to be a force in this one. Kyle Larson. That's who I was going. I was going to go with Larson, Briscoe, Cindric. Cindric. Those three guys. Uh, Alex Bowman was there right there last year. He was. This car is modeled after an IMSA car. Jordan Taylor is very much involved with Hendrick and Chevy and all that general motor stuff. Ty Gibbs could be competitive. I, I could see Jordan Taylor maybe being in like the top 20, top 50. I could see Jordan Taylor winning this race. No, absolutely not. That Listen, would be burn this dark, shit down. Dark no. horse. I'm not saying he it's is, a favorite, but I definitely. Way dark. You're, you're talking. No. Why not? He's in the best equipment he could ever have a shot He's in at. the best freaking car it's you could his get. First, it's his first NASCAR race. I don't care how many in an IMSA car, basically. It's not the same thing. It's not the same. If it's Jeff Gordon can win the goddamn Rolex in a Jordan Wayne He's Taylor, also on the team bird. of like eight other people. You know, Jordan like Jordan Taylor, 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 before um, he's a top three car now. When he had Boris said and uh, yeah, but these cars are more like Australian guy. Ambrose? Marcos Ambrose. Ambrose. He was a it beast. He didn't, but he didn't win anything until he was full-time in the series. These guys it. that just come in for one race, they're not going to be a factor to win. They were, never in, they were never in a Hendrick car at the top of their game, and they I were never in a car that they're all the same. Well, I, th- it's not I, think they have a, I think they have a shot to be more competitive. Don't get me wrong. But still, it's always a cup Kimmy guy because they know how to run the races. They know look, how the races play out. No stages. That helps too. Now you can straight up strategy all the stuff that Jordan Taylor's used yeah. to. Kimmy ran top ten and never even drove a full body cup car before. Uh, Jordan Taylor. Been, well, he's he's drove trucks a lot before. This car is saying, they have experience. A guy coming in for one race, I, I don't see him winning. I I do because this car is more of a touring car than a NASCAR. That's what I'm saying. This, this is, is what, this, every, this, this what car is designed way closer to something these guys have been, have raced before than ever. 
I'm not saying he can't be fast. I'm saying to win, it you got to go to another level. And yeah, with a Hendrick team behind him, sure. But Didn't Almendinger win colleague when he was part-time? Yeah, but he's also won in, in NASCAR before. He was a full-time Xfinity driver. He swept that weekend, I'm pretty sure. He's a full-time Cup driver. He's a full-time Cup driver for what? a lot of yeah, years for a long time. before that. What? George Taylor is going to win. He knew how cup races it. play out. Cup races You've play out different than IMSA, different than open wheel races. There's, George there's Taylor a, there's a beating Kimi Räikkönen into the line. No, lock it in. No, I would be. I would over under. Jordan Taylor's definitely going to top ten. Over under one of these road course, one of these outsiders in the top fifteen. Over. Uh, over under would be two. Yeah, I'm saying one. You're so you're. I'll set it at two. So you're under. I'm under. I'm definitely yeah. going. I can't, I can't really go over. I only have two in my head. I go three. Yeah, I'll go over. I think Jimmy Johnson one, sneaks in. So the over under is one and a half. Whatever. Say what I said. Jordan Taylor's going to win. It's going to be one. I could see <laughs> right. maybe Jordan Taylor getting up there just by gone sheer. Off the rails. Being We've able gone to keep it on the with track. No guess than with guess. Are we doing drinking or dumping NASCAR? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think we really need to. I think I'm good. Drink at the Anybody Josh else? Williams. We all agree. Yeah, drink at the Josh Williams. Um, yeah. Well, let's go. Ken Baum right here real quick. Um, Kimmy top 10, Ricky top 10-ish. I don't know. What meant, I, who else? He meant, he meant Jordan Taylor. Kimmy top 20, Ricky top 10-ish. Go Jordan Taylor. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I say Rick. go Ken Baum. Randy Sandstorm. Uh, I'm already I'm already picking Kyle Larson to win this one. I think he comes back with a vengeance here. He was he's been strong here. He's my pick. What about you guys? Who? You still think Jordan Taylor's gonna win this race? You talked me into it. You're on crack. I'll take um, Larson. Cheers. And I'll drink it to that. Of course, Ken Bob's gonna say Kyle Bush. Who's that? <laughs> I mean, Kyle Bush. Travis Gardner, Seabell. Seabell's also another guy. He's, Very he's good always, always sneaky. sneaky. Uh, he, that's what I'm saying. You can't count out guys like Logano. If Kyle Bush doesn't win a road course, Tyler Reddick better than him confirmed. Because Reddick can. It's true. I'm not engaging in this warfare. <laughs> I'm out. Martin Truex Jr. isn't bad. We, the, it's the Cup Series. They're all good, Jimmy. Yeah. But I'm saying specifically at road courses. They're all good. They raised they twenty five of them now. Exactly, exactly. Jordan Taylor's going to win. Who won Dakota last year? Chastain. Uh, Chastain. Oh yeah, I bet he battled out with Almondinger and Bowman. Battled out, yeah. Looks like and, a battle. Well, like Normandy. Yeah. Well, before that the though, him and uh, it was him and Briscoe going back and forth for a couple laps. It'll be fun. Suarez is pretty good at these two. I heard. Yes. Who else, won Chris? Sonoma. He won Sonoma last year. Chris Harvick was right there last year. Brad Kozlowski's won some. Harvick's Brad... garbage at road courses. Yeah. Kozlowski's won some road course races. Harvick's Chris Busher was good all the year last I'm year. I'm hoping that some of these outsiders come in and run well. I just I don't see any of them challenging for a win. Do you know who's not going to win? Poor Bubba. We know. He can't. We know. God love him. What do y'all really think about the, about, uh, the posse in the truck? I thought it was great. It was I didn't know that's what it was until the next day when I saw it on the news. I just saw a bunch of chalk up there. I didn't know what it said or what it meant or what it was. 
I just thought he was out there having art class or something with the kids. <laughs> I think you have to watch for Button Two because of the twenty-four hour car that he uh, is driving. Is he, in, is he in that? Oh. Is he in that Garage Fifty Six car? He is, right? Not uh, that yeah. car. That car is built to run the twenty-four hours. What do you yeah, mean? it's a little bit different. Way different. They picked up like nine seconds at the test track, like rebuilding it to fit the. Do you, so you think this car is closer to the Project 56 car or an IMSA car? Both the same. Um, <laughs> you, can't say, you can't say they're both the same. This is not an IMSA car, no. It's not built for that. But it's the sequential shifting, the wider tires, the bigger brakes. All of those things fit closer it, to those cars than they ever have. Versus those right. stupid wedge, twisted sister cars that had all that flex and movement and 100%. travel you know what i'm saying so yeah you know i think that i definitely think it's more similar gives them an yeah. advantage you know or not an advantage it gives them a little less of a learning curve than it would have otherwise yep you said him and sheldon were going back and forth what does that mean like drawing like in the dirt or or was he he's probably running it over as he was trying to put the chalk down i would imagine because that sounds like something sheldon would do yeah fsh so my pick is actually Dinger, Jordan Taylor's right next to him, though. There you go. Now you're coming back to earth, buddy. I could see Dinger winning this. He's going to be – That was my original five. pick until I remember Jordan Taylor's in the nine car. The only per- the only thing holding Almondinger back is AJ. Himself. Almondinger. Yeah, he's just been uh, – he's had a bad start to the year. This would be a good way to get that the, the campaign turned around. I feel like every time he's like the favorite, he ends up just self-destructing a little bit at times. Yeah. When he's the I guy mean, we know is supposed to be up front and something he does something stupid or you know, I don't know. That's sort of like the Mar- sort of like Marcus Ambrose always did. You know, he's like, that's the guy he's and just up. never put it together, you know. Sheldon was blown up. What did I say? I knew he would be doing something like that. That sounds like a Sheldon Hot and Shield thing to do. All right. Too much Ohio pride there. That's it. I think we're done. Are we done? Thanks done. everybody for joining us tonight. Thank you, Brett Strickler, for joining us. That was a uh talking about this past weekend next week we uh we have some guests lined up here the next couple weeks uh this was cool to have kind of like an old school vibe old school type of show um we're coming in on like two weeks away from it being a year from our first episode things have completely changed yeah so we're almost a year into this but things have drastically changed um josh over here looks completely different <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in, chatting with us. Yeah. Um, appreciate everybody whenever we do this. It's, it's fun to uh, we get to talk to each other and, and dis- disagree and argue and agree, but having you guys interact is uh, is always fun. So we appreciate that very, very much. For sure. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs>